0: On Come Gillers
1: Stone on on. Speedway proudly presents Rapping on Racing, the tri-state's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners, recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Here's Rapping on Racing.
3: listeners. Joining us now is co-host Dave Oliveri. Dave, welcome. How are you?
4: It's Monday evening, and after three days of the firecracker weekend, I'm still tired.
3: <laughs> you should be, but you covered a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, we're going to talk later about Mike Lissakoski, but you got some great interviews with the firecracker winner, Tim McCready, and the point leader, Brandon Shepard. I mean, just to try and visualize all that walking around and fighting the crowds and the other media people that you were able to pull those two off. That's a major accomplishment.
4: In addition to that, we also i had a chance, and we, it might be segued into Bill Korch's report, but we had Victory Lane interviews both Thursday and Friday with uh, Mike Marler, the winner of the—you know both nights there. So between that and TMAC and B-Shep, I think we got them all covered
3: on yeah i sent all your interviews to uh, bill Korch, and he will be incorporating parts of that into his report and when we mentioned bill Korch, he's going to have a firecracker report billy rebar from jennerstown speedway is going to bring us up to speed on everything there uh, we have asphalt modified driver pete Reck, dan del bianco from the pittsburgh vintage grand prix and the voice of pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway tyler harris
5: we also had conversations with driver
4: Adam Henry, hobby stock driver Logan Catellis, Latrobe Speedway feature winner John Monaparte, and Jennerstown Speedway feature winner Steve Singer. The before we go, you finish finish the report. Had a chance to run into toll over the weekend, and I said, um, "How big's your head?" <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> told me until you know, he just laughed, and I said. I have to ask, because I said it's my job as part of the media, when are you bringing back Toll Time? And if anybody's watched Toll Time, and I know what's one of your favorite segments when he puts it up on Facebook, John is, like I said, I'm looking forward to the interview because he is one unique individual.
3: That's putting it mildly. How about this? He he ran his son's car in this race. They they said it was a father's race, but it was basically uh, old timers. Uh, and when he brought it in, his son says, "We're going to have to rewrap the car." He says, "What do you mean?" He says, "There's a couple of tire marks on the side." He doesn't understand it. When when John was racing, that's how you did it. Robin was racing, so they were having a lot of fun with that. But his interviews. Pretty funny. Uh, <clears throat> we have Victory Lane interviews from Jennerstown. Uh, we have some from Brian Spade. And want to mention that uh, next week, uh, Chaz Wolbert, Dave Murdoch, Mike Turner, and Rick Ragalski will be on the show. So we got a loaded show. I'm guessing we're going to be at least three hours to get everything in. But some of your thoughts on the firecracker, I mean, behind the scenes, all the things that were going on, pro- the biggest crowd in the history of Lernerville Speedway, and the next segment, we're going to explain how this all came to be with the Lucas Oil Late Models.
4: Uh, you're right, Don. I mean, from the Thursday and Friday events, and it's, it's kind of like a snowball effect. Where, you know, with people working on those days, the crowd's not as is large, but. I got there probably around 12.30 yesterday for a 7.30 race. And between, I think, and, and if I'm a few off, I think there were somewhere in the neighborhood of 540 campers.
3: Yeah, yeah. And that that just, number might be low. Yeah.
4: It's just, and hats off to, you know, the the folks, uh, Rick Swally from Lucas, you know, James Essex. Is just one of the penultimate of all-time great announcers. Just called it, a, you know, a great race. But the fans, and, and there was a mixture. I mean, obviously, you're going to have the true uh, late model fans. But I think, in, in talking to the drivers throughout the weekend, a lot of them were looking forward to come to Learnville, if not for the first time, because you know, when years passed, always that was a traditional, you know, Outlaws race, and it always seems that the two series—I uh, don't want to have, say conflicting interests—but they ran in two different places at two different times, and it's hard to be there at both times. But uh, you know, guys like uh, like Mike Barbar, I said, "Well, what was your determining factor coming to the firecracker?" He says, "Well, Dave, when I first came years ago, I came and it was a gorgeous weekend; I couldn't have asked for any more." And he says, then after that, the next five, he says, it rained. Like, you can't believe how it rains. And I said, well, that's just a tradition for the firecracker where you're going to have rain at least one of the nights. But an odd statistic is this is two years in a rain now, Don, that there has been no rain. And you've been a part of many of the firecrackers, and there's always rain. But just a little sidebar that we're going to have, we're going to share with the listeners uh, down the road. When I came into the track on Thursday afternoon, I smelled something, and I knew it was coming. And I haven't seen this man for a while, but Steve Boylan, steak on a stick—it's just an iconic thing that he travels, you know, to Florida, to Eldora, to Lernerville, and he has—he's been doing this since like 1969 as a family business, and. As you always say, nothing lasts forever, Don. And, you know, he sold the trailer and, and the recipes, and he was there kind of making a guest appearance. But it was great to see him and just throughout the, the, the whole weekend, some familiar faces, some old faces. But a shout out to Lucas. They have a thing that they do, and it's mandatory for the drivers, where at 4 o'clock on, the, on that Saturday of that particular race, they have a driver's autograph session. There was 54 drivers that were on hand for the weekend. All 54 were there. And Dawn, from if you can uh, just visualize it, there was tables set up, picnic tables underneath the grandstand. It wrapped from kind of like almost from the pits down to the concession stand and back not once but twice. And it was this great scene people, young, old, young kids, uh, you know, sharing memories or getting photographs or autographs and some legends, you know. The the first two, because they went in numerical order, were Rick Eckerd, Scott Blumquist, and Brandon Shepard. What a trio.
3: (laughs) That sounds awesome. And, you know, Lucas understands, and I've said this many times, we're not in a racing business. We're in the entertainment business, and for the kids and the grown-ups to get these autographs, that's a very special memory.
4: It was, and, and you know, the, the broadcast live on MAV. It's just if if you and we like you always said we had chamber of commerce weather all three days. Probably actually some of the days it was a little bit too hot, but overall, whoever again, and we're going to talk about that. The people that put this together, uh, and again, with Big River Steel stepping up for that extra $20,000, that $50,000 will win. This race now, the firecracker was always on the map as a must-race, must-win for any driver. Now, Evie with Lucas involved, it's Evie that in more, Dawn.
3: Hold that thought. We're going to come back after the break, and we're going to explain how this all came to be.
6: This is the Banker Bob Plot for June 27th, 2022. Have you ever listened to somebody talk and thought, man, his cornbread isn't quite done in the middle?
7: It was the 16th annual Firecracker event this past Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Lernerville Speedway in Sarver-Butler County. The event featured the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series sanctioning the Firecracker event for the first time ever, plus the Rush Crate Late Model Series. We'll bring you the results of three nights of racing for the Lucas Oil Series first, followed by the results for the Rush Series. Time trials kick things off Thursday night for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series with Dalton Wilson and Mike Marler setting the fast time for the Group B drivers. Six eight-lap heat races then followed with Ashton Winger winning the first one, Earl Pearson Jr., winner of number two. It was Brandon Overton winning the third heat. Mike Marler, the fourth heat. Heat number five went to Tyler Erb. And the sixth heat went to a local Lernerville driver, John Garvin Jr. B-Main wins went to Dalton Wilson, Matt Lux, and Daryl Charlier. In the 30-lap feature, a scary incident happened on lap eight when Chubb Frank rolled his car. A red flag ensued. Frank was okay. Mike Marler was in the lead at the time of the red flag. He was able to keep that lead and hold off Brandon Overton to capture the 30-lap, $6,000-to-win feature. Rapid on racing's Dave Oliveri caught up with Marler after the race, and he asked him about the long delay for the red flag.
8: A lot of things go through your mind. One of the, one of the big things is, is uh, you know, just simple things like your tire pressure's getting lower and tires are getting colder, maybe like harden up a little bit. So uh, there's things like that, variables you're thinking of, and then also the tracks, you know, drying out and, and maybe some oil, maybe they'll off some water and they're putting some oil dry over in the water, don't hit that and push. Lots of things go through your mind, but uh, you're just on the job, you know, it's okay. It's the stuff like that happens and just thankful, uh, Chubb's okay, you know, uh, we'd like to have seen Chubb, not not have to flip over and uh, it keeps going green for sure
7: and about getting through lamb traffic with overton and hot pursuit
8: what happens is these cars speed makes downforce so when you catch up to the tail end of the field and you you don't care the mile per hour you got less downforce and uh that's probably the biggest thing is uh when i'm out there if i am catching up to some lappers i'm i'm in no hurry to catch them i can promise you that
7: Mike Marlar, the winner on night number one. Brandon Overton finishing second. Earl Pearson Jr. was third. Brandon Shepard fourth. And Tyler Erb fifth. Sixth through tenth place went to Jonathan Davenport. Mark Whitener, Tim McCready, who started 23rd and won the Hard Charger award. Ashton Winger was ninth. And Garrett Elberson finished tenth. It was on to night number two at the Firecracker, which would culminate with another 30 lap, $6,000 to win feature. Six more heat races, with the winners being Ricky Thornton Jr., Mike Marler, Mike Norris, Hudson O'Neill, Mark Whitener, and Ashton Winger. The B-Mains went to Ross Robinson, Jimmy Owens, and Jared Miley. Ricky Thornton Jr. held the early lead in the 30-lap feature, but again, it was Mike Marler on the move. He took over the lead from Thornton Jr. on lap 14. And from there, he was able to hold off Tim McCready to capture his second straight feature at Lernerville Speedway during the Firecracker weekend. Once again, Dave Oliveri had a chance to talk with Marlar after the race, and he mentioned how his car was working in the middle of the racetrack.
8: It was, yeah. It worked really good through the center of the racetrack, and I was a little too tight to run the bottom, and it really worked better out on the outer lane there. So uh, it was nice to have that for sure, and Ricky was doing an awesome job on the bottom. And Had we not had that caution, he probably would have been hard to pass, but, uh, but uh, luckily we had the caution, and it worked out for us.
7: And what about holding off Tim McCready to win the race?
8: Once I got the lead, uh, Timmy McCready was putting some pretty good heat on me at the end. So uh, uh, I could hear him to my left. and I seen seen his nose kind of flash under me once or twice in the corners. So uh, he was moving along pretty good. And it definitely got me uh, scrambling around, changing my line a a little bit after I seen that. But track overall was great tonight. It was really racy everywhere. And uh, I took the lead on the outside, and I was about to get past for the lead on the bottom.
7: So for the second night in the row, Mike Marler the winner, Tim McCready finishing second, Ricky Thornton Jr. was third, Mark Whitener fourth, and Hudson O'Neill finished fifth. Then six through tenth went to Galbert Alberson, Jonathan Davenport, Earl Pearson Jr., Mike Norris, and Brandon Shepard. And so it was on to night number three and the biggest race of the year at Lernerville Speedway, the Firecracker One Hundred, paying fifty thousand dollars to win. Again, six heat races were run. With Brandon Shepard winning the first one, Tim McCready capturing heat race number two. It was Earl Pearson Jr., the third heat race winner. Tyler Erb in heat four, heat number five going to Brandon Overton. And in the sixth and final heat, after an early battle with Jonathan Davenport, Michael Norris was the winner. Two cars made it in from each of the three B-mains. Those two from the first B were Scott Blomquist and Rick Eckerd. B-main number two went to Chubb Frank with Matt Locks finishing second. And in the third B-Main, it was Kyle Strickler, the winner, Jared Miley, finishing second. So the field was almost set for the $50,000 to win feature. I say almost because the Uncle Sam 30-lap non-qualifiers race was to be next. And the winner of that race had the choice to accept the first place money or a spot in the feature. And after Dan Stone passed Colton Flitter to win that 30-lap event, he said, I won a race. And he moved on for the final spot in the 100-lap Firecracker feature. The rest of the top 10 in the Uncle Sam 30-lap non-qualifying event. Colton Flinner finishing second, Tyler Dietz third, Ken Schultenbrand fourth, and Daryl Charlier was fifth. Then 6th through 10th place went to Doug Drown, Gary Lau, Logan Zarin, Corey Sines, and Trevor Collins. When the main event started, it was Tim McCready breaking out in front with Brandon Shepard second and Earl Pearson Jr. in hot pursuit. After the first caution of the race, there was a long 40-lap green flag session that saw the leaders weaving their way through lap traffic. After a restart on lap 57, Brandon Overton moved past Shepard to take over the runner-up spot. Shepard fell to fourth place as Mike Marler moved around him. McCready then built up what looked like an insurmountable lead, as Overton had trouble getting through lap traffic. But as the race neared its conclusion, Overton was able to get close to McCready, as it was McCready who had trouble with the lap traffic. Overton got near him in turn four, but McCready held him off to win his second Firecracker 100. Dave Oliveri was able to catch up with McCready after the race, and he talked about the importance of the big win.
9: It's hard enough to get any win with the Lucas Tour or any of the major uh, tours uh, and also to be able to do it here close to home. This many people, this is probably the one of the biggest crowds we've raced with all year and to see how excited they get and, and, and uh, how wild they are, uh, it makes it uh, worthwhile for me um, and our team. I mean, we've been working real hard. This stuff's not easy and uh, we haven't had the most consistently year where everything's been easy. We've had to work for, for every single thing we got, so... Um, This one's definitely uh, gratifying.
7: And McCready said in these 100 lap events, it's not easy getting through lap traffic.
9: Last year, I didn't feel as as hard to drive in lap traffic as it does right now for me. Right now, it's very hard to drive in lap traffic because we don't have enough rear deck height to be able to stick hard to pass guys and dive in deep. You have to be finesse and go in slow, and hopefully the guy sees you. And if he doesn't, he's going to just run the lane he's been running, you know. So uh, um, that's why it's harder, but, you know, uh, we'll take it as long as we can get it.
7: And speaking of lap traffic... Got a little close at the end for McCready.
9: The last five laps just got stuck in a plateau where those guys were side by side, and I couldn't get beside either of them to show me, to show them my car. And, and the way um, Ferguson was diamonding one and two, it was really, really affecting me bad, and um, it just, you know, it stalled me out. But uh, at the end, we, we got lucky to hang on.
7: And hold on, he did to win the 16th annual Firecracker 100. Brandon Overton finishing second, Mike Marler third. Brandon Shepard fourth and Earl Pearson Jr. was fifth. Then came Ricky Thornton Jr., Garrett Alberson, Dalton Wilson, Greg Satterley, and Mark Whitener was tenth. By the way, series officials reported it was the largest crowd ever to witness a Lucas Oil late model dirt series event. We'll be back to report on three nights of racing for the Rush Dirt Late Model Series after these messages. At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators, Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455. Bill Korch back with you on Rapid on Racing. It was three nights of racing for the Rush Dirt Late Model Series. With the first night Thursday at the Firecracker event at Lernerville Speedway, having the 56 drivers participate just in time trials, Bryce Davis set the fast time for Group A, and Amanda Robinson set the fast time for the Group B drivers. By the way, Davis set a new track record for the Rush Dirt Late Model Series at Lernerville Speedway. During the second night of racing on Friday night at Lernerville, there were six heat races to be run for the Rush Crate Late Models. Heat number one going to Mark Whitener. Heat two, Michael Norris the winner. In heat number three, it was Michael Duretsky Jr. David Pangrazio won heat number four. Joe Martin, the winner in heat number five. And in the sixth and final heat, the winner was Charlie Sandercock. They also had a 6 lap dash to set the field for the 50 lap feature, and Mark Whitener was the winner of the dash. For the third and final night of racing, Saturday at Lernerville, the B-Mains were run first. Jeremy Wonderling won the first B, followed by Matt Latta. Then in the second B main, Amanda Robinson to winner. Justin Kahn finishing second. The third B main went to Trevor Collins. Ryan Montgomery was second. In the 50-lap Bill Emick Memorial feature, Mark Whitener took off of the lead and stayed there through a couple of cautions, one involving a number of cars, and turned one on lap nine. Whitener continued to lead through the halfway point with Joe Martin in pursuit, and it looked like Whitener was going to cruise to victory with more than a two-second advantage with five laps to go. But Martin knocked off a half-second on lap 46 and two-tenths each of the next two laps. He closed right in on leader Whitener, but had would run out of time as Whitener took the checkered flag to win the Bill Emick Memorial. In victory lane, Whitener talked about the importance of this big win.
10: I've got one $25,000 victory, and this is, makes the second biggest one I've ever had. So, uh, man... I've had an awesome race car. Uh, this is awesome.
7: And Whitner talked about holding off Joe Martin at the end.
10: When I got by them lap traffic, I, they was throwing them crumbs in front of me, and I really couldn't leave the corner. I had to kind of, I had to arch my corner, and I couldn't do it with behind that behind them cars like that. I just I lost the rear end of the car, so I was just having to race their race uh, until they caught me, and then I was going to do something, whatever I needed to do, really.
7: It was a twenty thousand dollar win for Whitner. Seven thousand dollars went to second-place finisher Joe Martin. Yeah, he would have liked to have finished first.
8: I mean, don't get me wrong, we're happy, but I, I think we we had a really good car there towards the end. Uh, you just gotta you just gotta race him hard. We'll just put it that way. And I just maybe didn't race him hard enough. I, I could have done some things a little different. Maybe next time I will.
7: So, Mark Whitener, the winner, Joe Martin finishing second, Dylan Brown was third, Logan Robertson fourth, and Michael Duretsky Jr. finished fifth. Sixth through tenth place went to David Pengrazio, Michael Norris, Colton Flinner, Kyle Lucon, and Will Thomas. Thomas, by the way, was the hard charger of the event after starting 26th. Ethan Wilson won the 15-lap non-qualifiers event. Next up for the Rush Crate Late Model Series, a couple of events this coming weekend at Dog Hollow Speedway on Friday. And we'll be reporting on the annual Herb Scott Memorial at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway that'll be held next Saturday. I'm Bill Korch, reporting for Rapid Unracing.
11: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Hi, this is NASCAR driver
12: Josh Berry, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing.
3: Listeners, one of the biggest stories in local racing involves Mike Lisakowski. And Dave and I are going to give you a little bit of background on him and then get into the meat of this. Mike is a lifelong resident of Lawrence County. He conducted the presentation sharing real-life success stories and examples of marketing done on a tight budget.
5: A Westminster
4: College graduate, Liza Kowski has been a successful marketing and public relations specialist for 20 years. The string marketing seminar was presented all over the state of Pennsylvania, as well as Indiana, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada. Wednesday, the Lawrence County Regional Chamber brought Lysakowski home for the 90-minute educational session.
3: Mike's career has been focused primarily in the auto racing industry with longtime clients such as NASCAR and the United States Auto Club. For nearly a decade, he spent the racing off seasons serving as the head of public relations for a local based health system, gaining valuable experience in the healthcare industry.
4: Vlasikowski has also worked with over a dozen nonprofit organizations, including the American Cancer Society and Visit Lawrence County. He remains as an active volunteer with both organizations. He also started. For small businesses in addition to working as a marketing coordinator.
3: Mike's new job is a senior vice president of marketing for a firm that deals with special needs children. How did this tie in with Lernerville and what's this all about? Well, obviously, with the new job, he can't be at Lernerville anymore. And I think uh, the Thompsons were fully aware of what was going on, but Let's get back to the firecracker. How did the firecracker end up at Lernerville Speedway? Early in the year, the Thompsons and some of the major players in the organization were having a meeting, and they were not happy with the world of outlaws. And someone said, would it be possible to get in touch with Lucas? Lucas. And Mike, and nobody understands this, especially at Larnerville, they have no idea of the connections and the people he knows. He says, let me make a phone call. So he calls Rick Schwally, who's the head of the LucasOil Late Model Series. He says, Rick, uh, folks at Larnerville would like to know if uh, you might be interested in bringing <clears throat> your series to the track. And Rick said, give me a few minutes and I'll call you back. About 15, 20 minutes later, he called back and says, yes, we would like that very much. That phone call put the wheels in motion for the Firecracker to be the most successful race that Lernerville Speedway has ever had. The biggest crowd, the best racing, and it was all based on Mike's phone call.
4: Well, to sidebar that, once, and I'm filling in bits and pieces that I know as well. Once Rick and Mike and Thompson said, "Okay, this is something we want to do." Mike's phone call turned into Rick's phone call. Rick made a phone call, and one of their marketing partners, who was a big factor of everything you've seen this weekend, Big River Steel, said, "We want to be a part of this because we have plants down in the south and we have them here in Pennsylvania," and. The $30,000 firecracker now became $50,000. And when you talk about a $20,000 jump, but it just wasn't a $20,000 jump. And, and, to, and to see what Big River did, on, you can't always see it because there's behind-the-scene the things. They brought to their picnic pavilion yesterday, which was behind the grandstands, to 700 employees came to that race yesterday. For a lot of racetracks, just having 600 people show up would be good enough, and that
5: was just the people from Big River Steel.
3: It was definitely a match made in heaven. All the pieces came together, and you were there, and the, the racing was outstanding. Now, back to Mike and Rick Schwally. Uh Mike said that he and Rick have been friends since they were teenagers. Uh, so it's, you never know how things will, uh, roll out, but that was brilliant. And back to Mike, I first met him when he was 16 years old, Dave Kitty and Larry Mattingly brought him to, uh, Wixie radio and he had all these binders there and we still laugh about it. Mike, what are you going to do with all those binders? Well, if, if I need to refer to something, that's all my notes. I said, Mike, you're not going to have time to get a drink of water, let alone read those binders. Well, now all those notes are in his head. And he's been part of rapping on Racing in one way or another for 30 years. Pretty lucky for me when I met him.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's just like we all get a little bit older, but some of these younger ones. And going back to his you know, relationship with Rick Swally, a lot of people forgot, you know, Mike, when he did his marketing... One thing that he did, and, and Rick did early on, they were both photographers, and that's where that connection came in. Because Rick Swalley, you go back into the archives, there's some great photos from years back that you know Rick took and Mike took, and you know that friendship uh, always stayed there. And sometimes you you can say never say never, and, and we never thought we might see a Lucas Oil race at Lernerville. You know, we saw him down at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway but i tell you what if and i had a chance to talk from mike briefly yesterday he was there and he was kind of organizing the the cornhole tournament and he was running like mike normally runs so i just you know just said it basically hello and i'll talk to you down the road but uh, a great person in Lawrence County couldn't get anybody that's going to be better you know a resident and like you said one of the most knowledgeable people I know in auto racing, you know. So, Mike, if you're listening, for me, you know, congratulations on you know your you know your new position, and I wish you the best of luck down the road. And I know I'll see you sometime Friday, Saturday, Sunday at some racetrack.
3: Well, expanding on the story about the photography. <clears throat> Uh, Many years ago, uh, Stuart Doty approached me about getting a photographer for the RPM workshops in Florida. And I said, I got a guy that takes nice pictures. So I put him in touch with Mike. And for a couple of the uh, activities there, a couple of these promotions, he took a lot of pictures. Well, then Stuart said, I need somebody to do a couple seminars or sessions at uh, at the workshop. I said, you ought to try this guy. He's really good. Well once Mike did a presentation at the workshop, Stewart had him do one every year. And if you've heard Mike talk, I mean he people are laser focused on what he's talking about. One example, he had a picture of a racetrack up on the screen for everybody to see. So it's a pretty picture, isn't it? Yeah. But keep in mind, you're not selling real estate, you're selling racing. Your page should have cars and kids and crashes and exciting things. Well, the following year, most everyone that was at that seminar changed their web page. He just has a way of touching or, or focusing on what people need to know, and they all listen.
4: But on top of that, Don, you know, we, we've, in his last you know five minutes or so, we've talked about Mike's marketing abilities. We've t- talked about Mike's photography, but. And I'll just leave it at this, and I know you, you, you'll you'll have something to say. He is one of the best in this area, if not in the country, when it comes to a full-time announcer at a racetrack, because maybe short of Dow Carnahan and trying to explain with the knowledge and the ability, he's able to broadcast the race like you're sitting in his living room
3: yeah I've said that many times. and back to how he got uh, how he was contacted for this job, two of the major players at this company where he's going to be working were at that seminar in Lawrence County, and they really liked what they heard. and I guess they had been contacting him for a long time, and he just he loved what he was doing at Larnerville. He, he was made to to be a general manager at a racetrack. And uh, they wouldn't quit calling him. So finally, he said, uh, I don't think I want to do this. And they said, just give us a number. And he did. And he just threw it out there as a big number. And they said, okay, let's do it. And that's how he ended up with his new job.
4: Yeah, it's just sometimes there's always those things. You know, if you have patience, things, good things will happen. Or the timing has to be right and like i said for for mike as much as he loves auto racing and we all go through this sometimes you have to make a, a little left hand turn or right hand turn and this is right up mike's alley and i can just see the benefit that he's going to provide this company for many many years to come don
3: well dave an excellent report as usual uh you have a nice evening, and we'll talk in a couple of weeks.
4: All right, Don. Yeah, I'll, I'll miss you, but uh, I, as, it, as hot as it was for the firecracker, I think it's my. I think that's someone's way to tell me that it's going to be that hot in Florida over the next two weeks. So I'll see you when I get back.
3: All right. Thank you. Bye now. I want to tell you a little bit about Area Auto Racing News. Nice uh, Newspaper covers a lot of good stuff. Some of the writers, Dave Moody, Ernie Saxton, Walt Weimer, Chuck Bollinger, Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. As a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rappin' On Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56, but what I like best is the digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for Area Auto Racing News, 609-888-3618. You won't be disappointed.
7: At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455.
11: Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rapping on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappingOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappingonracing at gmail.com.
10: Hey, this is Joey Logano, and you're listening to Rappin' on Racing.
3: Listeners, joining us now is Billy Rebar from the Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, good afternoon. How are you? Good evening, Don. I understand it was a big night, so uh, why don't we start with Jonathan Habershack picking up his first career win.
13: Well, it seemed to only be fitting that the highlight of the night was in the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Sports as they were the nightly sponsor uh, they sponsored their yearly first responders appreciation night and had an extremely, extremely great turnout. Uh, probably the biggest autograph session we've ever had at Jennerstown Speedway. And, you know, the highlight of the night was on the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious 4s. So we had 17 cars take the green flag. And our points leader, Jonathan Haberstack, started in the pole position, took off running, uh, he got some challenge from Caleb Basses, actually gave up the lead, and he was able to run him down and visit Stoney's Victory Lane for his first career-ever win at Jennerstown Speedway. Uh, extremely emotional Victory Lane for him and his family. They've worked so hard, tirelessly, over the last several years. Uh, they upgraded their equipment this year. Jonathan has been
2: consistently
13: running. He was the points leader without having a win and Dawn. Not only is he leading the Jennerstown points, he is leading the division in the Northeast Regional Championship points for NASCAR in his division. Truly remarkable feat. There is a huge list of Jennerstown drivers on that, but really excited for Jonathan and the season he's having. I can't wait to have him on your show.
3: Uh, In the picture, he looks kind of young. How old is he?
13: I'm not exactly sure, but I believe he's still in high school, Don. Yeah. He's still green, but uh, he's, he's driving like a true veteran right now.
3: I'll get in touch with him. We'll have him on next week. Now, I have a question. You had a parade of people, all had the same kind of shirts on. You looked like the Pied Piper walking down the front away. What was that all about?
13: So Somerset Trust is really about their employees and their families. And one of the things we do is with the young, younger fans, during – Right before the Somerset Trust Company Fast and Furious Force features, we actually parade the kids up and down the starting field, and they got to shake hands and wish all seventeen drivers good luck. And the kids are just smiling. They pick out a you know who they want to be the winner, and they get to celebrate in victory lane. Also,
3: two weeks ago, we had Sam in victory lane, and Saturday, Angie.
13: Yeah, Angie Kimberly was our second female driver of the year to visit Sony's victory lane. Uh, Angie is running pretty much a off and on schedule. She's not racing every week at Jennerstown. She has some other obligations to attend to, and you know she's not a stranger to Victory Lane. She won a street stock race a couple years ago, but it's, it's been a little bit of a drought for Angie. And you know she started on the pole, and she looked like a seasoned veteran. And I believe she led almost every lap in the Ron's Collision Center Street Stock. So great to see Angie back in uh, Victory Lane. And you know what it's like, Don, when you go through a little bit of slump in racing and have some bad luck, all it takes is a a checker flag to turn it all around.
3: Audie scored his third win of the year in convincing fashion. Some of your thoughts on that? Uh,
13: anytime Barry Audie starts up front and has fresh tires, you know he's going to set sail. And that it was Barry Audie all the time for the whole Martellus Pharmacies feature. Went his third of the year and extends his point lead. So uh, it'll be interesting to see next weekend. You know, Mike Sweeney, who won last week, wasn't in attendance this weekend because of obligations. He plans on being back for the July 2nd and 3rd doubleheader. So him and Barry Audie will have to start at the rear of the invert, side by side. It'll be great to watch those guys charge up through the field.
3: Now, uh, last week, uh, John Fama was in a pretty bad accident. And he explained in Victory Lane how hard everybody worked to get him back for this past Saturday.
13: Yeah, the Soystown Elder Rectors modified, uh, put a bit of a show on last weekend and not in the fashion you want to see, especially as a, a racetrack promoter. Uh, they tore a lot of equipment up and had some scary incidents. And John and his crew worked all week and they were able to get him back on track and he was able to find Stoney's Victory Lane for the third time this, this season. You know, we met with all the modified drivers before the race started and just said, Hey guys, you know, you all got to be here at the end if we're going to keep racing. So, uh, they they did a very great job. No one made any contact at all, and it was still good, hard, clean racing. So hats off to them for heeding uh, the advice of the Jennerstown officials and putting on a great show as well.
3: The next time you talk to John, give him some advice, because one of the things that really bothers me is when a driver says, I want to thank my sponsors. They know who they are.
13: <laughs> yeah, we'll pass that along. I'm yeah. sure John listens to the show. All
3: right. And Adam, who has been leading every race every week, finally finished without it breaking down, but he was saying that it was pumping oil out and they had to fix the breather or something. Uh, finally had a little bit of good luck and turned it around.
13: Yeah, so Adam just is no stranger to victory lane. He was a multiple feature winner last year in the, the one-stop auto-self pro Stock division. Two weeks in a row, bad luck, rear end issues. I was told they had some of the wrong seals and they didn't realize it. And the bearings went out, and the rear ends went out. And <laughs> it's kind of coincidentally, the one stop auto sales winner this past weekend, which was Adam Kisteling, also won a uh, gift certificate from Richmond Gears. So he got a two hundred and fifty dollar gift certificate from Richmond Gears. So it was only fitting the guy that was having rear end and gear trouble wins a gift certificate in victory lane. So. uh you can't make that stuff up don
3: i heard adam made a comment at the garage prior to coming to the races two of our three cars is going to win and he was right well i think dale finished second didn't he
14: he
13: did and i'm not superstitious but uh pms was off so a familiar face to victory lane also a.j Poljak was in attendance he you know usually dirt races on saturday night and They were off, so he was in the crew in the the Castelli and Kimberly pits, and, you know, they went two for three. So I don't know. I told AJ, I think you need to come back more often for them.
3: (laughs) AJ's an amazing mechanic and engine builder. He's just, it's incredible. Uh, When uh, Bob Heim passed away, I put it on Facebook that his dad had a lot of stuff for sale, and AJ bought every possible piece of engine components from uh, Bob's Bobby's dad, which was really nice for, for both of them. And I think it was last week or the week, no, two weeks ago, A.J. picked up a win at Pittsburgh. So he's a busy guy, and no matter where he's at, he's doing something special.
13: Well, he's a heck of a wheelman man on both dirt and asphalt, and a very, very clean driver as well. i spent many years of watching A.J. drive, and I'd go on record saying he's probably one of the cleanest street stock drivers that's out there.
3: And that's versatility when you can do dirt and asphalt. A lot of people can't do that. It's either one or the other. Uh, big weekend coming up. Doubleheader. Uh, let's talk about it.
13: Yeah, so then the first time in Jennerstown history, at least since we've taken over the management of Speedway, we're going to race two nights back to back. And at first, I thought maybe we were a little bit crazy trying to do this, but it's something we've been wanting to do for quite some time. And we put it on the schedule and we've had a really, really great response. And It's going to consist of two complete shows of racing saturday night we're going to rack them and stack them run through the weekly program and at the end of the night there'll be a free concert from the caitlin rose band and then on sunday we're going to do it all over again now many people are inquiring if we're going to start earlier on sunday and the answer is no reason being we're going to have fireworks afterwards and at this time of the year it doesn't start to get dark after nine o'clock so it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to start racing at two o'clock and then have to wait around for the fireworks. So we're going to have the same schedule both days. That will get released very soon. And I want to make a point to make that uh, camping is free at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, whether it be a camper, tent, wherever it is. We invite our fans and drivers if they want to stay Saturday and Sunday, which we're getting a pretty overwhelming response and request to do so. So they can do that, and that is free of charge. And we're really excited for the weekend and to see what happens.
3: A funny thing I heard in part of uh, Adam's uh, interview in Victory Lane that he got a haircut. He bet your son something, but I couldn't make out. I was having a little issue with the son. What was that all about?
13: <laughs> so for years, Adam Costelny and my boys have uh, gotten along very well, and they tease each other pretty heavily. And Adam made the bet there last week that if he didn't win, they could shave his head. And they always make fun of Adam's haircut. He'll, he'll go from a long-haired hippie to a mullet. He- you it's know, just always whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he told the boys if he didn't win, they could shave his head. Well, sure enough, he held to to his promise. And uh, he didn't win when he broke, which he was slated <laughs> to win. And he broke. And uh, ultimately, he, he got a free haircut there.
3: <laughs> yeah, they mentioned his new ha- hairstyle at Victory Lane.
13: Yeah, and, you know, hats off to Adam. You know, we said it was Somerset Trust Company night. Lots and lots of kids in attendance. And he actually donated his trophy to one of the uh, children in Victory Land. I know Barry Audie did as well. We have some of the best drivers at Jennerstown Speedway. And I know everyone has their own opinions and personalities collide but at the end of the day, they're all there for the right reason and that's why Jennerstown is so successful.
3: The kid that has that trophy has a new hero and he will have that in his room at his house as a constant reminder of how nice it is at Jennerstown Speedway.
13: Well, I I think it was a year or two ago, Adam was going through a little bit of a slump, and he kept telling my boys that one of them would get one of his trophies, so he wasn't winning a trophy. So he actually bought a trophy from the 90s up for him and gave him, and it's in my son's room. So uh, making memories for years to come.
3: Well, this is kind of random, but in 96, didn't I give you a Motordrome shirt?
13: Yeah, <laughs> You did. Uh, it's part of one of my boy scout project we had to write a letter to a local business and you were filling in i think the year chip rowan was going back to school and yeah uh, i wrote a letter and next thing you know i got a, a t-shirt and mail from don gamble and it just since you brought it up we actually just made a deal with armstrong cable who is now who chip rowan works for so legacy years of working at motor Drum had moved on to greener pastures when uh, motor Drum changed ownerships and here we are He's reunited with racing, and a great opportunity for both Jennerstown Speedway and Armstrong Cable to work together again with Chip. And uh, it's just amazing how everything comes full circle,
3: Don. Deja vu all over again. Well, Bill, great report. I want to thank you for being with us. You have a nice evening. Thanks as always, Don. This portion of today's program was brought to you in part by Curtis Power Solutions
11: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September come see daring drivers competed late models modifieds pro stock street stocks chargers and the fast and furious fours special events include the motor mountain masters nascar whale Modifieds, isma sanctioned super modifieds the super cup stock car series and enduro races the jennerstown speedway complex takes great pride in providing fun affordable family entertainment The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Are you in
7: need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities.
15: Race fans, this is late model champ
16: Barry Audi, and you're listening to It On Race. Now let's get back to the show.
3: All right, listeners, joining us now is modified driver Pete Reck. Pete, good afternoon. How are you?
5: Oh, I'm fine, Don. How's everything there?
3: Good. Things are good here. You know, your uh, career in racing, uh, what a background. I mean, you've driven on dirt. You've driven on asphalt. Uh, l- l- what did you start with? What was your first race car?
5: Uh, the first car was a uh, 59 Ford. Um, it was an old Heidelberg car. Uh, we ran figure eight with it in uh, North Hills Speedway.
3: Takes a lot of nerve, a lot of guts to run those figure eight cars. It's a lot uh, of fun. <laughs> yeah, I re- I remember watching this at North Hills. It was like, oh my goodness. But a lot of good drivers came out of there, you know, Uh that's uh, uh, was one of them. I think Habedal did that just some really, really good drivers.
5: Habedal uh, was with us, uh, Scott or Timmy College, yeah, Mike Kragalski, all them guys yeah
3: yeah, well, then after the uh, fig- figure eight, what was next
5: uh, We did that for two years and then uh, we didn't do anything for a couple of years and we got a, uh, uh, a pure stock and we ran it at uh, Pittsburgh Motor Speedway. That was uh, we did that for a couple of years, and then I drove another pure soccer guy named Larry Matter. Uh, we drove to Pittsburgh and uh, Lernerville. One of the other speedways, like going up near Punxsutawney, I, I can't remember it.
3: Be Challenger or Dog Hollow, one of No,
5: Challenger, that's it. Yeah. Challenger Speedway, Yep, yeah. Clarksburg, Pennsylvania.
3: The car you drove for Matter was that an old Heidelberg car? I think it was number seventy-five.
5: Number seventy-five. No, he. Everybody thought that he built that, and it looked like an asphalt car. Is what it looked like. Yeah. And uh, but it was a. It, we ran it on dirt. It did pretty good. Uh, you know, off and on with that, wasn't too bad.
3: He had another driver in that toward the end of his career that you might be familiar with, AJ Flick.
5: I don't know. Yeah, I'm familiar with AJ Flick. Uh, there was a guy that was in there, Marty. Marty Edwards. Yeah. Marty yeah. Edwards drove, drove for him also.
3: Yeah, AJ yeah. ran it at uh, Marion Center, and he couldn't have been but maybe 16 years old. But let's get back into what you're doing. Did you have sure. any other jobs in racing other than driving?
5: Just helping out on a couple, you know, a couple crews and that uh, for the drivers. You know, when I was younger, I used to. No, it was real young. There's guy uh, up in Bethel Park. Uh, my dad used to go out there take us out to get ice cream. We always passed up this guy on Route 88. One time I rode my bicycle for it. was Billy Roche. And uh, he, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of it. I'm sure you did. Billy oh, yeah. Roche. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He ran the Mighty 10. And, uh,
3: and we
5: just went with him a couple races and all of a sudden next thing you know we're, we went to all of them. You know, Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sunday nights. And uh, my parents let me do it. You know, as long as I was Home, so I can go to school
3: on Monday. <laughs> Here's a Billy Ross story you'll like. He showed up at South Park with a '57 Chevy that was just gorgeous, and they had a claiming price on the cars. And if somebody wanted to buy it for five hundred dollars, you had to sell it. Well, um, Danny Offschnick wanted to buy it. And Billy said, "Nope, don't want to sell it." Offered him a thousand. Billy said, "Nope, still don't want to sell it." Then it was fifteen hundred. Nope, not interested. Well, when it got to two grand, he sold it, <laughs> and Offshinik <laughs> turned around and running it. He ran it as a late model at Heidelberg and South Park, but Rosh had some nice stuff. Okay, so you helped him out a little bit, and then uh, you got into this pretty good, where dirt, asphalt didn't matter. No matter where you were racing, you had a lot of success, and I, I know. Did. The the question that I ask everybody, and it's pretty much a standard answer, more so now than ever. The toughest part is usually the finances. But taking that away, what else was the toughest part, or is the toughest part of racing for you right now?
5: Uh getting the time to do it. Uh, you know, I'm 64 now and uh, got a granddaughter. You know, I'm assistant fire chief in the fire department down there in Castle Shannon, and I donate a lot of time down there. And a lot of times to my granddaughter, and uh, they're, they're first. Uh, my grand granddaughter's first, and so uh, you know, this year here we got a lot of dates xed out. That's, that's granddaughter day. <laughs> so yeah. keep everything happy on the family end. That's that's what we do. You know, we're not running a full season, but uh, you know, Tom racing for Tom Golick.
3: Well, you, you yeah, mentioned I, your granddaughter. You can't put time in a bottle. And I really believe that your priorities are the way they should be. Um, you know, a lot of people asking me, I moved full-time to North Carolina. Why, why am I not going back to Pennsylvania? I have six grandchildren down here and two children. And it was always something was going on, and I couldn't be there because I was at the races. And I said, that's it. I'm going to spoil a family. Anyway, back to your story. Okay. Now, um, if you weren't racing or you couldn't go racing, what would you do? Would you have a hobby or something else that uh, kept you busy?
5: Well, I, I I tried to do that when, you know, I, I was out of this for the last three years. Uh, 2019, uh, we got rid of the asphalt car and we decided not to put anything else together. The deal was, when I got into it, to race till I'm 62, and that was it. And uh, 2019 uh, sort of ended in a uh, crash that uh, we didn't want to put it all back together. It was August, and uh, the guy had bought, purchased the car off me, just the way it was, smashed up in that, and I said, that's it. And as he was walking out the garage, he looked over and he said, what are you doing with that trailer? I just put a number on it, if it's a good number, it's yours, and he did. And uh, I tried to get something else to do, and just couldn't do it. I Spent a lot of time down the firehouse, back and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do so I start going back to the track uh, you know I missed that you, know, the, you miss the noise you know Saturday night you got to have some sort of noise you know when I was uh, a kid I played in this in this park you know real short story played in this park and I used to stand up on the sliding board so I can hear the cars from Heidelberg I used to hear them and uh, my dad started taking me to the races back then and that's and that, that was it uh, that noise is every
3: you know. It's, a, it's like a disease. You can't get away from it. <laughs> it is, and you can't cure it. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Pete Reck a driver that's had successful had success on the dirt and the asphalt. Now, that uh, the begs the question. Now, you're running a backup car, very similar to Tom Golick. How did that deal come to fruition? Uh,
5: late last year. Uh, a friend of his, actually it's his brother-in-law, uh, Harry Ofer, uh, bought, bought a modified, one of the guys were up there was selling, and they uh, stripped it down, blast, sandblasted it, and they went over it their way and put it together as a backup car for Tom, because he won the championship last year, and he wanted, you know, he was thinking about retirement until he did that, and now he, he said, I think I'm going to win another one. So he wanted to get a backup car together, and then... Somewhere around late December, early January, Harry had asked me if I'd be interested in driving again. I said, Holy smoke. Really? I, I, I don't have a thing, nothing left. I, I don't even have a garage anymore. No and uh, he said, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it to the track. We just want you to show up. Really? Wow, well, okay. And uh, you know, talking about how many races. And he said, I need you to run at least, these six races, and he named the dates, and everything seems to be working out. So uh, we're going to run maybe a little bit more than six, but uh, right now we i think we got uh, just two, yeah two under our belt now. So uh, that was how it started in February or March when Tom said, "Come on over, we're going to get you situated in the seat, make sure everything's working," and he said, "Anytime you want to race." Just call me. We'll get it ready for you. Had a little,
3: right. t- had a little tough luck Saturday uh, backing off the trail. You lost the transmission.
5: Well, that's two weeks in a row that I had some bad luck. Uh, two weeks ago, we were leading, and the uh, pull bar, the third bar, it's on top of the differential, had broken. Uh, they never seen one like that, break like that. And that must have transpired up into the transmission nobody caught it uh didn't see no drips no nothing but when i started this car up this past week in the pit they took it off the trailer to back up that was it all the oil just started coming right out. got under it tried to see what it was and was not repairable at that time so we decided to that was it for us i didn't even get a lap in but uh Good thing we had the car there because Tom's car had a problem and we, they were taking parts off of his backup car to put onto that and he won with that one.
3: Yeah, he mentioned that in Victory Lane that, that uh, they had to t- take some pieces off the one you were driving. I don't, I, uh, there's some gaps in your career that I'm not familiar with, but it's kind of nice that he runs 98 and you ran 9 and all you have to do is cover up the 8. But over the years, did you always run the number 9?
5: No. Um, the figure eight car was the number 53, and I got that because that was actually my number in boot camp in the Marine Corps. And then we ran an 04 car. I have no idea how we got the 04. I just liked the number, I guess. And then Larry Matters was there, and he asked us to drive his car, which we did for a couple of years, and that was 75. And then uh, when we went into the semi-late or the limited late, whatever that division is called at pittsburgh on the dirt i got hooked up with a friend of mine lou bradish and he always ran oh nine and we said you know what you've done a lot of luck with that number nine on that car lou we're gonna put nine on ours so we did and uh that was it and tom's car we just cover up the eight
3: you got some pretty uh Pretty impressive friends, and you know, like Lou's down in West Virginia. Tom's over in uh, what Smithton or over somewhere in that area. West uh, Newton. West Newton, and uh, you kind of like spread the wealth here. You're like a social butterfly.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, on the dirt track, I always followed Louis Braddish. I mean, he was a fun guy to follow. Uh, that's where the action was. At was with when Lou was on the track in that late model. Everybody else was running for second, I always thought, you know?
3: He was and, uh, he was good.
5: He was great. Yep. So we bought a, uh, a limited late model or a semi-late, whatever you want to call that. Uh, bought that off of him. He put it together for us. And we went on. And we had a pretty good year with that car, uh, with, with him. Matter of fact, the, uh, Billy Kell, who sponsored our engines, he, he had Lou Bradish's engine, my engine. And a guy named Dennis Niedermeyer in a EMOD. And all his vendors were out there. Billy Kell's vendors like Felpro, Oil, you know, all that stuff like that. Federal Mogul, they were all out there for a party for Billy Kell. And we all won that one night all together.
3: Cool, yeah.
5: So it was really neat. We went over to the North Star, celebrated and then the next day, we had to pay for that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, Now, I know there's a special sponsor on the car you're driving, and I'd like you to explain that.
5: OVN, Operation Vet Now. Uh, they sponsor the entire car. Uh, that is, uh, that's an operation for the veterans, uh, for combat, fatigue, uh, uh, mental illnesses, anything to do with the... Uh, with combat, they, they they set you up. They'll get you into the right places. They're very helpful. Uh, they make sure you, you know all from from the beginning stages all the way through the end. You know they stay with you, and they're doing a nice job of it. So they uh, somehow got a hold of Tom. I'm not sure exactly how that happened, but they wanted to sponsor his car, and he said, Do "You want to sponsor my backup car." And he says, well, will it race? He says, I'll make short races. And they said, yes, we want the whole car. So they did that. And they were out there Memorial Day weekend, I believe. They're in and out uh, when they show up. Pretty, pretty good group to uh, help out our uh, veterans.
3: That's a wonderful cause. I mean, I admire those guys and yourself and Tom for making this uh – Something the public can uh, be aware of and and tune into if they have to. Um, We're coming up on a commercial, and I'm wondering if you have any closing thoughts, anything we need to add.
5: Well, one thing i got to do is i got to definitely thank my wife, Jenny, for letting me do this again. We worked it out. Um, When I sat down and told her that I, I might be driving a car, like last year I drove a race here or a race here. Just help some guys out, and that was it. And uh, but I told her this year, here I says, Tom would like wants me to drive like six races, and she says, Is that it? I said, Well, <laughs> if you let me drive more, I will, you know. So we went down through the calendar and uh, picked out our vacation stuff, uh, where we're going, and graduations and weddings, and all that. So uh, there's none of that we're going to miss, like I did in the beginning part of my racing. And, uh, which I regret you know missed the kids growing up through softball, soccer, and all that, so uh, but I want to thank her for letting me do this again.
3: Well, you're a wise man with a wonderful wife, and I am happy for you, and I'll be cheering for you and if you get that transmission squared away, maybe next week uh, you can beat Tom in the future. How'd that be?
5: well we're going we're going to give her hell uh, on July. 2nd and 3rd, we're having a Saturday and a Sunday race for that. This this fair weekend, we're not going to make it but on July 2nd and 3rd we're having back-to-back races at Jenner's time.
3: Wonderful. Well, Pete Reck, I thank you for being with us and I wish you continued success and good luck.
5: Thank you very much.
3: When I did the interview with Pete Reck, we ran out of time because of the commercial break, but... Uh, Pete wanted to send out a special thank you to the guys who are always there for him. Tom Golick for giving him the opportunity to drive his race car. Harry Ofer for giving him a good hot rod every week. And the crew guys, Bill Delmer, Dave Bupp, and his brother, Paul Rick, for helping him personally. Pete does a nice job in the modified, and I think Golick and his team are lucky to have him.
17: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive.
18: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th Annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke George, steel city classic and the two night bill hendard memorial other special events include the falcone automotive 410 outlaw sprint series the boss wingless sprint car series the penn ohio pro stock series ed laboo memorial the red miley rumble the thunder on the dirt vintage modifieds the hobby stock invitational and more for our full schedule and all track information check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on facebook by searching pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway and on twitter at pa motor speedway
11: When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Wrapping on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes Tune in radio, Stitcher, on racing.com or Hulu television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracin at gmail.com. And now more Rappin' on
1: Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall.
19: by a gentleman who is at the helm of probably one of the most unique motorsports events perhaps in the whole country. He is the executive director of the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. Dan DelBianco joins us. And, Dan, we're going to go straight to the elephant in the room here, and that's the pandemic. Um, You know, Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix, as well as the rest of the planet, has been really put off by this terrible time in our history. Uh, you all at the Grand Prix have to be thrilled that we're finally seeing some bright light at the end of this two-year tunnel.
20: Certainly, and for us, it was probably more of a one-year tunnel. We did all of our events last year, and so we skipped 2020 like everybody, but we got back on track last year or so, and I'm glad we did because had we taken two years off, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to, to get things started back up.
19: So let's talk about a misconception. Uh, you know, those of us that live in Pittsburgh know there are plenty of people around the country who still think Pittsburgh is this smoky, old, hulking, you know, hell with the lid off type of a town. And of course, nothing could be further from the truth. You have to deal with the fact that there are people out there who, even here, right here in Pittsburgh, who think the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix is this one-day race event at some city park uh, in this middle of summer. Uh, obviously, you guys have grown remarkably in your 40 years. How long of a thing is has become
20: so it's now 10 straight days in July and quite honestly we have <clears throat> events before and after those 10 days but just to keep it in perspective <clears throat> started as a one-day event back in 1983 and and now it's ten straight days
19: so you don't just do this for fun uh, there is a reason behind this i want you to take some time and talk about the uh, the charities. And, and how much it means uh, to the charities that you guys support that you do this event.
20: Sure. So from the beginning, it's it's been a charity event uh, to benefit the Autism Society of Pittsburgh and, and Marikeal at Ganey Valley School. And while both charities, their names have changed slightly since 1983, it's still the same organizations serving the same individuals with uh, with autism, autism and intellectual Disabilities right here in Western Pennsylvania, so we're, we're proud of the fact that the the dollars stay right here and help individuals. They don't pay salaries, they don't go to research. It helps individuals that if you come to the Grand Prix, uh, you'll see some of those folks from the charities. They, they have ambassadors that wear a sash and show up at the uh, at the black tie gala and some of the other events that we have. So it's it's always good to see those folks that benefit from all of our efforts actually
19: coming to the events. Well, that's really great. And and the fact that, uh, the event has gotten so much bigger, that gives you plenty more opportunity to raise funds for that 10 day period.
20: Certainly. And, And a lot of the money that we do raise for the charities comes from those parties and things outside of race weekend, quite frankly, to, uh, to just try and raise money from that weekend in Shenley Park would be much, much more difficult because of the, the costs that we have to bear to stage that event. So it's the, the parties and parades and shows that we do uh, in between race weekends that, that really help uh, get those dollars higher. And so we presented a check for $350,000 uh, last this past February at the auto show which took us over the $6 million mark since our beginning in 1983.
19: You have to look back at that figure and and just think what a remarkable feat that, you know, not only you but your predecessors as well, all the way back back to 83, have accomplished for these charities and what you're doing for the kids, right?
20: Yes, and while the amount that we raise now averages much more than it did in, in any of the previous decades, when it happened, even back in the 80s when the donations were, you know, fifty to to $100,000, that was pretty significant to go back to the 80s and do that with just a couple of days' work. So while it's grown and the donations have grown, it still takes the same incredible amount of work to, to raise the money, and it's as significant to the charities now as it was back then. And, and in fact, both charities will tell you that one of the keys to being part of the Grand Prix back in the 80s was that we helped bring exposure to those organizations. The Autism Society of Pittsburgh was one of the first chapters in the country, and quite frankly, back in the 80s, people didn't know what autism was, and so half of the the challenge was uh, helping to bring awareness of autism, and look where we are now.
19: We're talking to Dan Del Bianco, the executive director of the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. We're going to take a short break and we come back. We're going to hear more about the 2022 Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix.
7: No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, the host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Rapid on Racing.
19: We're back with Dan Del Bianco, the Executive Director of the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. And, Dan, before the break, you talked about how this thing has gone from a one-day event back in 83 to 10 days. So let's, let's really get into the weeds here. Let's start. Um, I know there are some things before the, the 10 days, but let's, let's concentrate on the 10 days. So let's go from the very first clink of a couple of champagne glasses all the way through to the final checkered flag at Shenley Park and talk about what this 10 days event I- is.
17: Sure.
20: So day one, uh, and so we're starting on Friday, July fifteenth, and it's a it's called our black tie and, and tailpipes gala, and like it says, it's a it's a formal event, and we're taking it to the Grand Concourse restaurant down at Station Square, and uh, Ray Hall is the sponsor of that, and it's a, it's a big fundraiser and really helps get the the whole Grand Prix started off on the right foot, and and actually earlier that day uh on Friday the 15th through the weekend is when we have our races out at Pit Race and we we call those the historics it's a 3-day event with 200 cars racing on that beautiful track out there in Beaver and it's uh the difference is those cars are a bit newer than what you might see at Shenley and it's got some very popular cars we've got cobras and mustangs and corvettes and vipers and we still mix in the uh, the British sports cars, the MGs and Jaguars and uh, Triumphs as well. So it's a it's a big full day weekend of, of all out racing on a dedicated track. We That'd then move from to there, uh,
19: into the end of yep. the week to Swain, right?
20: Okay. Right. So now we've got kind of what we call the race week events, and so Monday, July 18th, we do the car show in Shady Side put a couple of hundred cars on Walnut Street and starts to build excitement for the Sunley Park races, which are just coming five days later. Uh, We move it across the river to the waterfront car cruise on Tuesday, July 19th. And just like the name says, it's your typical car cruise, five or six hundred folks bringing all types of cars down to the waterfront. Uh, Then we move into Wednesday, which has become a pretty big day for us. Uh, we do our downtown car show at PPG Place, Market Square, and up at U.S. Steel Plaza and catch everybody at lunchtime coming out. And we talk to everybody that wants to hear about the Grand Prix, give out literature there on Wednesday. And then the tune party, which moves every couple of years, has found a home at the Southside Works uh, right around Town Square where you've got the Cheesecake Factory, and the Hofrauhaus and and others, and uh, a couple of hundred cars throughout the streets down there. It's a it's a fabulous time. We uh, just moved there last year, and uh, can't wait to do it again this year. And when we move on to Thursday now, and so there's there's two events that happen on Thursday, July 21st as well. First is a as a countryside tour that starts out in Latrobe and goes to Jamison Farm for lunch. So it's 50 British and, and other types of sports cars uh, rolling through the countrysides. And then that night, we have the, the Passport to Elegance jet setter party. It's been at the West Mifflin Allegheny County Airport. And so this year, we're crossing town and doing it at the Butler Airport. And uh, very excited about doing it up there. It um, features rare and vintage aircraft. And, of course, cars. Every event that we do features cars. And it's kind of a high-end party sponsored by uh, UBS and Lux Creative. And we'll just do some fantastic things to change those airplane hangers into a real party. Uh, And then from there, we move into the weekend. And so even on Friday night, we have an event. We call it the Forbes Avenue of Speed. And so all the racers that are in for the weekend – jump into their race cars and drive them a couple of blocks into squirrel Hill, park them on Forbes Avenue. And we have a a car show parade slash driver reception party for a couple of hours, which then leads us to the weekend. And the idea of what most people think of the grand Prix and that's, that's race weekend with 3000 show cars on the golf course and about 150 vintage racers. Uh, zipping around the city streets, and it's probably still the only vintage street race out there and one of the largest events of its kind in the country. Other cities have tried to do vintage street races. Uh, They don't last long, and they usually end up doing them at tracks. But the the fact that the city works with us to close these streets uh, and race cars to raise money for charity is still unique.
19: So I've been following along on your Facebook page, and that's my next question: is where can we see all this? I know pvgp.org, your website. Uh, you guys are very active in social media. Uh, you have an events page on your Facebook page, and I literally went right down the page as you were talking about it. Where else besides the website and the Facebook page can we find out about the Grand Prix?
20: Yeah, your your timing was good, Bernie Martin. Put all those events up just yesterday, so it's all there. I mean, we're we're active on. Instagram as well, but, if you know, Facebook and the website are still the places to go to find out everything that's going on. And we've got brochures that we've been handing out. We handed those out at the auto show back in February, and I, I need to mention that the Greater Pittsburgh Automobile Dealer Association is the presenting sponsor of our event. And uh, we have a great show down there in February to get this whole year kicked off and uh porsche is the mark of the year and we've got an incredible poster this year done by burton morris uh if you're into his style of art or if you're into porsche's the uh limited edition lithographs are already for sale and and they are flying out the door
19: yeah it's an awesome thing i'm looking at that right now too so now we're going to challenge you uh full disclosure most of the listeners to rapid on racing are primarily oval track fans both dirt and asphalt, we have a certain contingency of um, drag racing fans too. am going to let you put your marketing mm-hmm. hat on and convince these people you know, here's a couple of weekends through the summer, a few weekdays between the weekends. How about we try to convince some race fans that let's take a week or so away from the regular racetrack and come see the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix.
20: Definitely. And so it's still cars, it's still racing, and what you'll see at Shenley Park is, is so unique of racing these cars on the streets, the way racing really started back in the 40s, when when the GIs returned from World War II and uh, brought with them some British sports cars. And really that started the craze before we did a lot of the other racing was British sports cars. And so that's what we recreate at Shenley. There's a couple of American cars. Corvette was market a year, and we had a couple of those, too. But I think sometimes, Jim, people get hung up on vintage, and, and what does it mean? I mean, we are racing cars now from the 50s and 60s, and if you think about what we race out at, at pit race the first weekend, I mean, there was actually modern Corvettes and, and uh, Camaros and Porsches and, and some of those new modern historic groups. So the, the word vintage can sometimes turn people off, and maybe it it sounds like it's an old fashioned little chitty chitty bang, bang kind of car, not going fast. <laughs> if you think that, then you definitely need to come out to Shenley or, or visit a uh, YouTube page and take a look at some of the videos over the racers that, that put the cameras inside their cars, mount them to the, to the roll bars and, and blow through Shenley park at speeds that I'm not even allowed to stay on the radio. It's racing and it's cars. And, uh, if you haven't been there you got to give it a try.
19: I said it when we started I will say it again likely the the most unique race or motorsports event in all the country and uh we get to have the pleasure here in pittsburgh of, of being the host for it dan del bianco is the executive director of the pittsburgh vintage grand prix he's joined us tonight we hope everybody uh, takes some time takes a look at the website the facebook the instagram and the youtube especially that sounds like a blast to watch these cars go around dan del bianco we appreciate your time we hope you have a great vintage grand prix and thank you for joining us here on rapid on radio thank
17: you Jim. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive.
7: At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust. But with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions company, they offer quality brands, such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects, such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency if you have a project alternative power sources has a solution contact them today at 1-800-894-4455 that's 1-800-894-4455 i
3: want to tell you a little bit about the on point beer distributor You know, they're kind of excited. They're providing Butler and the surrounding areas with some great service and even better beer. Why don't you stop by and check out their selection? They can't wait to meet you. They're only nine miles from Lernerville Speedway, a great place to pick up beer on the way to the track. The customers say it's wonderful and friendly service. They highly recommend the place. On Point Beer is located at 154 Freeport Road, only minutes from Lernerville Speedway. If you like the good service and the good beer, stop in and say hello. If you want to call ahead, their number 724-285-6298. It's owned and operated by a veteran, a former Marine. Stop in and see what they have. And now more rapid on racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. All right, listeners, joining us now is the voice of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Tyler Harris. Tyler, good afternoon. How are you?
21: I'm doing very well, Don. How, how is yourself?
3: <laughs> I'm doing well. Things are good. Got a big, big show. Uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. You had uh, a night off uh, Saturday.
21: Yeah, yeah, we had the night off, but, uh, made my way over to Larnerville to support, uh, the Thompson family and, uh, the Firecracker 100 weekend with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, as well as the Rush Touring Series event. Uh, man, what a success that was. <laughs> if you weren't there to see it in person, hopefully you got to check it out on Larnerville TV or on, uh, MAP TV Plus. But man, uh, what a successful weekend. I'm happy to have uh, been there to to kind of relax for a weekend and and enjoy it.
3: It was amazing. They couldn't have asked for a better response or a better show.
21: Absolutely. And you know what, too? You talk about successful shows. I mean, look no further than our monster truck show that we just put on over the weekend. Though we weren't racing at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, we had a huge monster truck show. Uh, The Garden Brothers uh, Entertainment uh, Group came in and and, and leased out the track for the weekend. And holy holy cow, you know, you, you talk about you talk about crowd um you talk about success <laughs> I look no further it was it was absolutely amazing the pictures that came in from that event uh were absolutely outstanding and that show knocks it out of the park every single year a lot of kids uh have a lot of fun with that event and the, the adults do too because at the end of the day if the kids are having fun well the adults go home happy too so huge success there for the Monster Truck Show and I believe they're going to be hosting a circus at some point in August and we can cover that here in just a little bit. Uh, a lot of the drivers that I have the opportunity to talk to leading up to this event on, uh, never it's, are kind of in the same boat as me. They've never had that opportunity of meeting Herb Scott but they know, that his, they know what his legacy is and they know that he was one of the pioneers of our sport certainly in the Western PA region that paved the way to make racing what it is today. So to race for a man with that kind of legacy and that last name as well, the Scott last name, uh, it, it goes a long way. And the fact that the Rush um, Touring Series also jumps in on this event, making it a 3,000-to-win event, really highlights just how big and how important of an event this is. And I'm looking forward to it, Don. It's it's nice to have that weekend off to kind of regroup and relax. And uh, same for our drivers, and I think they're all ready to go, and they're rearing to go for July 2nd this Saturday.
3: Well, I guess it's a mulligan in, in golf, but – You need a a night when you can do regular people stuff, uh, wedding, birthday party, you know, whatever. Uh, And that's good because they can recharge their batteries. And I firmly believe every track should have at least one night in the summer when people could plan things that involve real life.
21: Yeah. And a few of those drivers actually just took that opportunity to go over to Lernerville and race in the Billy Memorial. So kudos to them, to the, our regular Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway competitors who did that. Another thing I should mention, Don, we have a real nice presentation for this Fourth of July weekend. Uh, not only do we have a national anthem singer in Kim Catellis, but we're going to have a local Pittsburgh, uh, I would call him a legend, to be quite honest with you. His name is John Tucci, and he is a man who goes around the local area uh, and leads the ministry of... Uh, of Singing the national anthem or various other America-related songs, "America the Beautiful," um, "God Bless the USA," and uh, so on. So, this gentleman, John Tucci, will be at our facility this upcoming coming Saturday, July second, uh, for the Herb Scott Memorial, uh, th- spreading his ministry through through song, essentially. So, a real nice presentation for this upcoming Fourth of July weekend.
3: That sounds really nice. Now. General information, like looking at your uh, points races, and we can't get through all the points. But do you have available to you who the point leaders are?
21: Sure, do. Um, well, I and I and I will say this is a little bit outdated because um, uh, our, our statistics statistician, easy for me to say, Uh, Rich Barry, has been on a two-week vacation, essentially. Uh, And that vacation includes going to various other races across the Midwest. So uh, you talk about not being able to get away from the sport very much. So uh, as of June 11th, some of our points leaders at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Philip Bubeck out of uh, Colliers, West Virginia, is our current points leader in the Rush late models, the the Rorick Automotive Rushder late models uh the PPMS Penn Ohio Pro Stocks it was Brian Hutchgo uh but i believe after a solid weekend of racing over the June 18th weekend uh AJ Poljack most likely is your new points leader for the PPMS Penn Ohio Pro Stocks those two drivers have been going at it uh not only on the track but in the point standings as well so it's been really fun to watch on the Chepuck Packing Hobby Stocks a youngster Tony McGill out of Jefferson Hills Pennsylvania your current points leader right now but uh, you talk about youngsters, Matt Bernard is in second in points, Frank McGill uh, is third in points, Jonathan Cattell is fourth in points, Logan Cattell is fifth in points. So your top five drivers. I would probably reckon to say average age between those five drivers is 17, 18 years old. Um, with Tony probably, uh, actually Logan being the youngest with them out of 16 years old. Tony's probably right around the same age. So, uh, the youngsters really coming through in that division. Then you got Gary Catellis in a tie for the fifth base position and Gary's a track champion. Um, and then it happens to also be Jonathan and Logan's, uh, and Cody's for that matter's dad. So a lot of variation in that division and the youngsters are really shining bright. You look at the Crawford Auto Repair Open 4 Cylinders. Craig Rudolph is the current points leader. Um, He's in a little bit of a points battle right now with Derek Quigley and Susie Rudolph, his daughter, Craig's daughter, that is. So those three are going at it. And then you have the always-safe flagging of traffic control young guns. Travis Clark has been pretty much lights out this year, has had a lot of uh, close battles with Emmy Laboon throughout the course of the season. But the future stars of Western Pennsylvania re- Racing, Uh, Really are standing out really bright here at dawn, and we're seeing a lot of drivers not only just do well, but improve throughout the course of the season. Tyler Hollister picking up his first career feature win on June 18th. Uh, and then Emmy Laboon with two feature wins, and Travis Clark with four in his own right. So uh, the the, the future is really bright with our sport at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Don a lot of the young drivers are really making a name for themselves. And as I mentioned earlier in the season, before the season really got started, the year of opportunity is what I pretty much dubbed this season, and it's really coming to fruition.
3: As you said, that's a future of our sport, and the more young people that get involved, the better. It's kind of you'll hear it later in the show, but uh, Logan Catellus is one of my guests, and we were talking about his pit crew and he named them all, and I said, how many people come with your team every Saturday night? He says, about 30, maybe a little more. That's uh, one heck of a pit crew.
21: Yeah, I call them the Catellus clan back there, because yeah. it, it just extends past their past their family too, uh, Lucas Weaver and, and Derek Quigley, two of our Crawford Auto Repair, open four-cylinder uh, competitors, Abby Gendel, or I'm sorry, um, I thought they had a uh, young gun, but they don't. But regardless, they they just have a huge crew of people back there, and they all kind of fit together and everything like that. It's so funny walking past them every week because <laughs> it's just so, so many people, uh, and it's great to see it. We really appreciate their support.
3: Well, there was three people he mentioned, and I said... How did that happen? Well, they're either friends of one of the Catalysis, uh, girlfriend, I don't know, family friend, whatever, but uh, they have quite a team and, and a lot of cars, and the cars are all beautiful.
21: Yeah. Yeah, the McGills would be another one in that instance because they have Abby Gindelsberger, a young gun competitor. Uh, Samara Weaver was one of the ones that I was thinking of in the uh, young gun division who's kind of with that Catullus clan. But Frank McGill and Tony McGill, they have not only their two hobby stocks, but then they have uh, Frank McGill's uh, pro stock as well, as he pulls double duty oftentimes at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. So uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible seeing how these, these, these crews come together and, and put together pretty big racing programs.
3: Well, Tyler, for having a night off, you had an awful lot to talk about. Is there any closing thoughts? Anything we missed?
21: Well, I mean, I could go through the schedule, but all scheduling and ticketing information is available at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway's Facebook page and as well on ppms.com. As far as what's available and what's coming up, you can't miss our 410 Sprint Car events. July 23rd, the Boss Wingless Sprint Cars will be back with us at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. The Herb Scott Memorial, we've already covered that. Uh, free Military and First Responder Night, July 16th, August 6th, the George Steel City Classic. So, like I said, for all scheduling and ticketing information, uh, visit ppms.com. I mentioned the circus is coming to town August 18th, 19th, and 20th, and as well, I believe, as the 21st. So, Four nights available to check out the circus at PPMS. Uh, that's the Garden Brothers Circus. For all information, make sure you check out our website, and we can redirect you to where you need to go. But uh, very exciting season to this point so far, Dawn at Pittsburgh, and I'm excited to see how everything wraps up. Real close to points battles. Track surface has been phenomenal. Uh, really haven't heard too many complaints whatsoever. And um, I'm just really excited to complete the season here, the Year of Opportunity at Pittsburgh. And I'm excited that, uh, to have it going. And I hope that you all will join us there down in Imperial, Pennsylvania.
3: Excellent report. I thank you. You have a nice evening.
21: You do the same, Don.
3: Thank you so much.
17: This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway.
7: Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? RPS Financial Solutions and JWC, JWCA are unaffiliated entities.
18: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke Jordan, steel city classic and the two night bill Hundred memorial other special events include the falcone automotive 410 outlaw sprint series the boss wingless sprint car series the penn ohio pro stock series ed laboo memorial the red miley rumble the thunder on the dirt vintage modifieds the hobby stock invitational and more for our full schedule and all track information check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on facebook by searching pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway and on twitter at
11: pa motor speedway Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Wrappin' on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappingonRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com.
15: Race fans, this is late model champ Barry Audi, and you're listening to Wrap It On, Race On. Now let's get back to the show.
3: All right, listeners, joining us now is Adam Henry, the driver of the number 26 modified at Jennerstown. Adam, good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you, Don? I'm, I'm wonderful. Nice day. A little too hot, but nice day. How long have you been racing?
22: Well, I started racing whenever I was 10 years old. I ran go-karts for two years, and then I didn't start racing again until I was 18, and that's whenever I started racing at Jennerstown.
3: And how many, how many years have you been racing at Jennerstown?
22: This would be my fifth year racing at fifth Jennerstown. Year.
3: Cool. You have a nice-looking car. Uh, an unusual number, 62. You know, there's a lot of 7s and 2s and 22s and a lot of double-digit numbers. How did you pick your number?
22: Well, whenever I started racing go-karts, my brother was also racing go-karts, and he chose the number 26, which is what my dad's number was back in the early 90s when he ran street stocks at Jennerstown. So I thought of something. I thought I would just reverse the number, and ever since I reversed it, it just stuck. Cool.
3: Now, your reason for getting involved was the go-karts. Now, who, whose idea was that? Was that dad, or was that you?
22: That was actually Dad. He wanted me, well, he started getting my brother involved in around 2003. It was either 2003 or 2004, and then I was 10 years old at the time whenever he got me into racing.
3: Now, is your brother still racing, or is he involved in any way?
22: He's not racing, but he does work on the weekends. The weekends he doesn't work, he does come down and, in the pits and helps.
3: Good. Uh, Prior to you driving the the big cars, did you have any jobs in racing, helping anybody else, doing anything?
22: Yes. Um, I can't think of the year. Let me think. Okay, it was 2013, 2014, and 2015. I would help Ron Delano race super late models, and we would run Roaring Knob, Marion Center, Dog Hollow, I think Heston a few times, maybe Bedford a couple times, but I would help him every week working on his late model.
3: Yeah, he's a nice guy, good driver, very recognizable name. Yeah, he is
22: a nice guy. Yeah.
3: Um, What do you like best about racing?
22: There's a lot of things I like.
3: We got time.
22: (laughs) The adrenaline of getting into the car on race day. Is one thing that will never go away. Just your nerves and the adrenaline of being behind the wheel of a race car, and then the fans as well. I mean, the fans—that's what we're racing for—is for, is for the fans.
3: They're family, the friends that you, yeah, meet, in racing, friend you meet in racing. The friends you meet in racing—it's—it's it's like a whole different family outside of where you work or where you live or whatever. And some of these friends will last forever. I have friends. Geez, I started racing when I was 15. That was 1960, so it's been a lot of years, and I still have friends from when I started. It's, that's what it's all about. How about your, your feature wins at Jenner's time? Would that be your most memorable moment in racing, or was there something more significant than that?
22: They are very memorable, but there's also some races that I'll always remember. Um, the first time I got my new car... I remember I made, I think, 18 laps, and with two laps to go, I ended up hitting the outside wall and bending both the rims, and I came into the pits. I'll remember that as well just because that was the first race with my new car. There's a lot of other memories that will always stick in my head, but the most memorable would definitely be the wind. They, they meant a lot to me.
3: Well, that memorable one sounds like something you'd like to forget, and every driver has one of those, where it was like, what was I thinking, or how did this happen? Yeah.
22: That's very true.
3: Now, uh, fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Adam Henry, driver of the number 26 modified, been to Victory Lane a couple of times up at Jennerstown, good-looking race car, kind of a unique color scheme. How did you uh, determine that?
22: Oh, yes, I am. I, what, what, what did you say?
3: How did you pick the color scheme on your car?
22: Well, the first year I ran, I was a, the color was gray. I wanted to be different than everyone else, so I went with a gray color. And then I ended up buying Pete Rex's race car and all of his body panels, and his car was red. So I've always liked the color red. I've never made a race car red until the one I have now. So I figured I would just go along with a red paint scheme and add a little bit of yellow and white and black in there.
3: It's kind of funny because yesterday I interviewed Pete and he said he sold his car, his wrecked car, but we never got around to who bought it. So now the mystery has been solved. You <laughs> bought his wrecked car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he was going to give it up till uh, Tom Golick decided... They wanted Pete to drive his backup car, so uh, you know it's hard to get away. Once you get sucked into this sport, it's hard to get away. It's it's like a disease. You can't cure it.
22: It's in your blood. I mean, yeah. there's no way out of it.
3: Let's talk about the people that help you pay the bills.
22: Um, what would you like to know about them?
3: Your sponsors. Who are they?
22: Oh, my sponsors. Oh, um. Well, my biggest sponsor on the car is Ridgetop Auto in Hooversville, PA. And then the other sponsors are Fig Brothers Cool, Scott's Auto in Johnstown, Rapid Designs in Hooversville as well, and Custom Ironworks in Somerset.
3: And your hometown is Freedens, PA. There's been a couple of good drivers come out of that area. First one that comes to mind is uh, the Dunmire '07. Um, how about your pit crew? Who helps you on the car?
22: My girlfriend helps me a lot. Her name is Ashlyn Thomas. She she comes down every night. I'm at the garage, and she helps as much as she can. And my dad, he helps a lot as well. Ken Henry. He's always there. If I'm at the garage until two in the morning, he's there with me, helping me as much as I can. And I'd also like to thank Nick Nemec, Joe Nemec, Louie Matsy, and I. And yes, that's every, that's everyone.
3: Now I have a question: Was Ashlyn a race fan when you met her, or did you have to bring her into the sport?
22: She was always a race fan, but she wasn't as involved in it until we got together and now she loves it.
3: Well, then the next question is how did you two get together? How did that come to be?
22: Well, we I met her through my friend from high school. His name was Colton Buchanan. I met her or her through him. That's his cousin. And he talked or told us to start talking and next thing you know we're together.
3: Well, that's good. And anytime a driver, whether it's a girlfriend, a wife, sister, the mom, anytime they have a woman involved and she is supportive of what you're doing, you're way ahead of the game. Because if the woman isn't, it uh, usually has a bad ending. So you're kind of lucky that Ashlyn Thomas is part of your program. Sounds like a nice young lady and you sound like a pretty lucky guy. Any closing thoughts? Anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to add?
22: Not that I know of. I think that's everything.
3: Well, Adam Henry, I want to thank you for being with us and wish you continued success.
22: Hey, thank you, Don. I appreciate it very much.
3: You know, Adam, I understand that uh, one of your buddies at work listens to this show. Uh, Who are we talking about?
22: His name is Jonathan Dively. He helps the number seven car in the Chargers for Steve Singo.
3: So he's doing it while he's working. What's he have, earbuds?
22: Yeah, he has earbuds in, and he works welds and grinds and stuff like
3: that. Well, he sounds like a a dedicated listener, so we're going to send a shout-out to Mr. Dively. And again, I want to thank you for a great interview.
17: Thank you very much, Don. I appreciate it. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway.
7: At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one-size-fits-all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust. ...but with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities... At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's
3: 1-800-894-4455. I want to tell you a little bit about the On Point Beer Distributor. You know, they're kind of excited. They're providing Butler and the surrounding areas with some great service and even better beer. Why don't you stop by and check out their selection? They can't wait to meet you. They're only nine miles from Lernerville Speedway, a great place to pick up beer on the way to the track. The customers say it's wonderful and friendly service. They highly recommend the place. On Point Beer is located at 154 Freeport Road, Only Minutes from Lernerville Speedway. If you like the good service and the good beer, stop in and say hello. If you want to call ahead, their number is 724-285-6298. It's owned and operated by a veteran, a former Marine. Stop in and see what they have.
11: Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers' competed late models, modifieds, pro-stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whalen Modifieds, ISMA-sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro Races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
6: Race fans, this is Jonathan Davenport. You are listening to Rapping on Racing. Now let's get back to the show
18: listeners joining me now is the driver of the Hoods Up Quick Lube Drew's Auto Service Top Care Lawn Care number 5K Young Gun Division driver Logan Catalis Logan how's it going man how are you
2: Hey how's it going I'm doing well thanks for having me
18: Absolutely. Happy to have you on here. So uh, Logan, this is going to be your first year in competitive racing. Um, have never raced a go-kart before or anything like that, but you come from a very rich and thick um, family of racing and you decided to throw your hat in the ring this year and you got yourself a car and you're going to be racing in the 2021 Young Guns Division at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Tell me how uh, how preparation has gone for that. What have you been doing uh, so far to kind of get ready for the season opener on what would have already happened as listeners are listening to this now but the opener on May 1st
2: yeah so uh we had a lot of off-season work I actually got surprised with the car by my family on my birthday 15th birthday we were going down the shop to see my brother's wraps and I got in my brother's car and just I see a yellow Cavalier pulling up and it was awesome I couldn't believe it and uh we've been Last two weeks, we've been going down, I've been going down Dog Hollow, ran a few for uh, practice sessions, and I went down Latrobe Speedway for their open practice to get some laps under my belt before I go out and have a race.
18: So did it come naturally to you, or did you kind of find yourself learning as you go? Um, Tell me about those experiences racing in those practice sessions.
2: Oh, it was like the greatest thing ever. I started out pretty you know like any other driver but i got used to the car used to the track and my dad even had to tell me to slow down a little bit don't even be a hero it's only practice at latrobe the second time out so i thought i was happy with myself going out and practicing
18: And Trobe's a nice track to practice on, too, because it's a big half mile, which is pretty comparable to what Pittsburgh is. Maybe Pittsburgh being a little bit bigger, but it's nice to know that you kind of took to it. And you're going to be starting in a division where uh, more youthful drivers will have a chance to learn and and kind of get on their feet before jumping into the open four-cylinder division. So um, what are your expectations for the season, Logan? What would you consider to be a successful season in your first year?
2: Success would be uh, get some wins under my belt you know, get a few wins and have fun racing and just enjoy it get uh get used to working on race cars and yeah just win some win races and just have fun with it
18: well the nice thing about that is you kind of already have experience working on race cars as two of your brothers are um competitors at pittsburgh in the hobby stock division uh talk to me about your experience working with your brothers cody and jonathan Catellis.
2: Yeah, so they've been running hobby stocks now. My brother, this is Cody, his second season, and John going into his second too. So I've been helping on them, you know, changing tires and not really nothing with the motor yet. But hopefully, I'll get to get the experience that and get to work on them more, the motors.
18: 15 years old jumping into a race car. Um, It's pretty exciting. I mean, it's not every day that a 15-year-old kid gets to jump into it, but it's not uncommon in western Pennsylvania. A lot of younger drivers are starting to make their way up through the ranks now, and, Logan, you're now joining them. So not only do you work pretty heavily with the racing program there for the Catelus Racing Team, but you also work on the racing page um, on Facebook. Talk to me about what your responsibilities are with the um, racing page on Facebook.
2: Yeah, so I, uh, you know, use that racing page to keep up with our fans and sponsors and try to represent our sponsors and just us as a family and racing family. We, we love to do it and I just like to spread that to people and let them know when we're racing and
14: how we're doing, doing it.
18: Fans, if you're just tuning in, we are speaking with Logan Catellus, driver of the number 5K Young Gun uh, four-cylinder at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. This will be his first year of racing, uh, officially. Never did go-karts before, just decided to jump into a four-cylinder car. So, Logan, let's talk about your goals, um, not only for short-term, but long-term as well. Let's actually go ahead and just start with short-term. What are your short-term girl goals for this season and maybe for the next couple of seasons coming up? What, what do you expect to accomplish?
2: I expect to, you know, be a good racer and win races and be a good competitor and just a good person at the track to all my competitors and maybe even jump in one of my brother's hobby stocks in a few years or I don't know, we'll see how that goes and yeah, I just want to be a good competitor and have fun racing it and just have fun at the track and just Enjoyed the-
3: it. All right, fans joining us now is Logan Catellus. Logan, good afternoon. How are you?
23: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on.
3: I don't know where to start. There's so many Catelluses making headlines at Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. So we'll just we'll take it little by little. Now you had to get involved in racing, watching Grand Pap race. Am I on the right page there?
23: Yes, my Pap started in 1980. He's been racing for many years and won many races, so it's been great to bring back the 64 this season to honor him and thank him for all he's done.
3: And that picture, and we'll be putting it up on Facebook, is beautiful with you in that car. Now, when you're not racing or prior to moving up, to this division, uh, I'm sure you had to work on, there's so many cars with Catullus on them, I'm sure you had to work on some of these other cars. Is that correct? Yes. Spent
23: a lot of time down the shop, learning and working on Cody's car when he started, definitely. And uh, been going to the races ever since I was a kid, watching my my pap, my, my dad, my uncle. So it's been a long time.
3: You know, when you think about it, And you're a classic example. The best part of racing is the time you get to spend with your family and your extended racing family. I'm guessing on a typical Saturday night, there's 25 or 30 people, either Catullus or Catullus crew there at the races.
23: Oh, absolutely. It's awesome to spend time with family there. It's the one sport where you can spend time with family and friends more than you can other sports. So it's just a great time to get away and have a great time at the races.
3: I'm going to play a little bit of an interview you did uh, with Tyler Harris uh, in 2021. But some of the things that he mentioned in there is you never drove anything before. Not a go-kart, nothing. You just jumped in to the uh, Young Guns.
23: Yeah, it was my first year last year. Never raced anything. Before that, I did spend some time on high racing. That definitely helped me, you know, learn how to steer, how to drive. And especially this year, it's helped me work the rear-wheel drive cars very well.
3: Now, when I look down through the statistics at Pittsburgh, uh, there's several uh, catalysis have been in victory lane. You, uh, Gary, your dad, uh, uh, Cody. uh, How about Jonathan? Does he have any wins down there yet? No, not yet.
23: This year I expect him to get one. He's been doing real good this year so
3: far. What a nice representation for the folks from Don and Stockdale and what you and your family bring to the track. It's just it's amazing. Now, uh, your first hobby stock win was pretty significant. Would that say would you say that was your favorite uh, event?
23: Yeah, absolutely. That that definitely topped off last year, especially the young guns. being more of a beginner's division, but it was pretty competitive last year. And, uh, yeah, this hobby stock win definitely was pretty special.
3: Let's talk about the night your crew was signaling you to move down a line, and you thought they wanted you to bring it in. How did that go when you brought it in? Yes, I
23: was running fifth or fourth. I, the car did not feel right at all last year during that time, and I could see my crew signaling. move. They were waving their arms, like, move down, and I thought they were signaling to bring it in, because I didn't think it was, like, running as bright as it usually was, so I brought it in, and they're like, what are you doing? And I went back out and finished third that night, so that was pretty embarrassing.
3: Yeah, well, everybody has at least one that they uh, would like to forget about. Um, what are your goals in racing? What would you like to happen?
23: Uh, big goal is I would one day love to run a super late model, run them uh, big shows, at outdoor and them touring races, but that's definitely a big goal. And Just the goal is to have people respect me and have get respected to know that I'm going to run them clean and not race anybody dirty. That's definitely one of my goals.
3: You got some nice sponsors. Hoods Up Quick Lube, Drew's Auto Service, Top Care Lawn Care, Calm Oil, Mighty Auto Parts, Royal Purple. What is a typical evening like uh, with all these cars and all of them needing, you know, some routine maintenance? Are they all in one location?
23: Yes, we just got a new race shop over the winter in Finleyville. My uh, Pap Drew retired from his shop. We used to have the cars there, and we've it's only about five minutes from his old shop. So, yeah, it's definitely a lot throughout the week. Definitely going to thank my dad and pap for all they do during the week because we, us brothers and do so much we we definitely uh work on tire prep during the week try to have that good and just wash days a lot too and just it's definitely a lot
3: fans if you're just joining us we're talking to logan Catellus. logan uh when pap or dad uh offer suggestions do you listen or do you ever have a back and forth uh, discussion uh, that gets a little heated
23: no, I listen to everything they say, because I know they've been doing it a long time and know what they're talking about, so I listen to them a lot.
3: I know that when I watched Pap race and win, had no idea what a legacy he would create for the family at Pittsburgh, and you got to be really proud of him, as well as all the crew. Now, I'm going to name them, but... Uh, instead of giving their first and last name, you, there's so many. Okay, we'll start with Gary Catellis Then there's Drew, Cody, Jonathan, Blake, Melissa, Dave, and Kim. And then you have three people on the crew that aren't Ketelis. James Barber, Melissa Schuster, and J.C. Bryce. How did they become part of the crew?
23: Yeah, so James Barber, he's definitely been a, a big help. Um, he's been helping us for a few years now. He's, he definitely does a lot and uh, Melissa Schuster is my dad's girlfriend and uh, J.C. Bryce is Cody's girlfriend. They. They definitely help out a lot and put up with what we like to do.
3: The women in racing are very special, and the sacrifices that they make are incredible, and I always applaud them, whether it's uh, mom, uh, girlfriend, sister, aunt, uh, whatever. They are very special. Now, James Barber, what part of the town is he from?
23: Um, He's, he's up by Larnerville, so...
3: Okay, well then...
23: Yeah, he works for Mighty Auto Parts, and he's been delivering uh, supplies for our stores. And he got involved in our team. It's definitely been a big help for us.
3: Well, that answers my next question, because years ago at Heidelberg, there was a Keith Barber that was pretty good, but he was from down in the Mon Valley, so I don't think there's a connection there, but it, it, it is if you can ask him and see if that's... True. Now, uh, no stranger to Victory Lane, but when you won the Young Guns Championship last season and eight races, that was pretty special, and I guess those guys were glad you moved up, guys and girls.
23: Yeah, that was pretty special to win the championship last year. My goal last year was just to learn how to race, and I knew I could probably win in just a few races. Never thought I could win the championship, but glad, I, very glad I did.
3: Well, in the, in your new car, beautiful picture. I'm going to put it on Facebook with your interview. Uh, you're very photogenic, and uh, you take a nice picture. Well, uh, Logan, I know you're busy, and you're probably at uh, hoods up right now. Um, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up?
23: Yeah, just looking forward to the rest of the season and uh, years to come for our family and just try to be as successful and good as we can doing what we love.
3: Well, for a 16-year-old, you're a good driver, pretty polished. You give a nice interview. I want to thank you for being with us today.
17: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Jennerstown Speedway.
11: When you choose Zarin Truck & Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck & Automotive in South Heights. I want to tell you a little bit about the On
3: Point Beer Distributor. You know, they're kind of excited. They're providing Butler and the surrounding areas with some great service and even better beer. Why don't you stop by and check out their selection? They can't wait to meet you. They're only nine miles from Lernerville Speedway, a great place to pick up beer on the way to the track. The customers say it's wonderful and friendly service. They highly recommend the place. On Point Beer is located at 154 Freeport Road, only minutes from Lernerville Speedway. If you like the good service and the good beer, stop in and say hello. If you want to call ahead, their number is 724 285 6298. It's owned and operated by a veteran, a former Marine. Stop in and see what they have.
24: boy, he too much to believe. You know, he always got an extra pack of cigarettes rolled up in his T-shirt sleeve. He got a tattoo on his arm. I we'll said, baby, he got another one that just say, hey, whatever Sunday afternoon, he is a dirt track team on in a '57
3: Listeners, our next guest, one of the most interesting men in motorsports in this area and a good friend, and I love talking to him, John Montepart. John, good afternoon. How are you?
14: Great, Don. Good afternoon. How are you today?
3: I'm I'm good. I'm doing well, except it's going to be 99 degrees down here tomorrow. And I'm not sure. I'm going to spend a lot of time in the air conditioning.
14: Well, when you're sitting in the air, you think of somebody like me who's still... um... Surveying, I'm outside. Well I was I'm I'm happy today's done today and I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah.
3: You need you get yourself a cold beer and kick back and relax. You know
14: I don't think my boss would allow me. Yeah.
3: Well no, I mean not at your home.
14: Oh now yeah. uh, it's 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 gonna happen.
3: You know, you you got a lot of good things going for you and we're gonna get to you winning the race, but uh you and Christina married a little over a year, maybe a year and a half. And what I like yeah. what I like about her, first of all, she's really nice and really pretty, but she's from a racing family, so you didn't have to train her.
14: No, she's actually she trains me. I mean she um it's surprising, she she's a little quiet, so she knows somebody, but she has a lot of knowledge that that um People wouldn't believe as far as she she worked a lot with her dad, who was, as you know, Floyd Klein. Right. For the people who didn't know that, they um, but she helped him in all aspects, from from doing paperwork to putting bodies on cars and bending them and anything that was needed. She um, she helped out a lot with him.
3: You're a lucky man.
14: Now, very
3: lucky. in addition to your driving, you know, Anthony's winning a lot of races. Brett's getting it together. You two of your boys are doing real well. Uh, and you've been with Joe. How long have you been with Joe?
14: It was uh, oh my God. It's had to have been I mean, it's, it's what, 2022? Yeah. I mean, 30 years? I, <laughs> we, I mean, we've been friends a lot longer, but I mean, full-time helping them, it's been a lot of years. I mean, we we helped each other out a little bit when we raced Endoros. But, but, yeah, it, it's way back. It's it's too many years to even think anymore.
3: It's, now, for the benefit of the new fans, and we get them on a regular basis, they'll hear someone referring to Tool. And I'd like you to explain how you got the nickname Tool.
14: Well, Joe Kelly actually gave me that nickname. And, um, I mean, I. Wait, I'll answer my way first. Can I do that? Sure. The ladies gave me that nickname. Now, make sure you don't let Christina hear that part. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Joe, um, at the time, 20 some years ago, when we would be in the pits, there was, you know, Rob Kosecki's brother, John, there was me, there was. There had a, It would seem like there was five John's, and he started, he'd holler, John, and everybody would look. And I don't even know why, To one night he's like, hey, Tool, come here a minute. And we all looked, and he goes, my John, my John, Tool. And um, it just stuck. I mean, I always, they, they used to joke that I always had a screwdriver, or I was always checking air pressers or doing something. And um, and it's it's stuck, and a lot of people don't even know my real name; they just know me as Tool.
3: Yeah, well, I got pretty much the same version. There was a lot of Johns there, and he said, uh, "Go get me a tool." And and that kind of maybe is a messed up version of how it happened. But I like your version better. So. Yeah, well- You've been around racing. I mean, I remember watching you race at uh, Challenger. I mean, when you weren't helping Joe, you were driving. Uh, pretty versatile guy. Uh, what do you like best about racing?
14: The, the best about racing that I like is, is the camaraderie. The, the friends you make, I've made you're, you're a great, great friend, and just the people I've met over the years are way more than enemies. And it's, it's, I come from the time when everybody, we might knock each other's doors off on a track and and you or I are the first person to give each other something to help out. Right. You need to get back in the race. Yeah. I fir- and, and I always yeah. loved that competitiveness, but the camaraderie that you got. With
3: yeah, I mean, there was a, a time at Lernerville one night when, uh. Slow ride. And David Scott and uh, Nick Jones were fighting for the late model championship. And it was funny. They they bumped each other in the heat race, and uh, Scott's car was tore up. Uh, well, mm-hmm. after the heat race, Jones' pit crew come in and help him fix his car, and David went out and won the feature. So it's like you're saying. You knock their doors off, and then when you get back in the pit, you help them put them back on.
14: Yeah, it's um – that's always been one of my favorites. That and family. For me, family. I mean, me and my dad. Yeah. And now to live with, you know, Anthony and Brett and Luke and just the whole, just just all of it. That's that's my favorite thing about racing. And I think it will always be my favorite thing. Forget, you know, besides winning.
3: Women. Winning's nice.
14: Says, eh, eh, anybody be lying if they say they don't care if they win or not.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, uh, if you're just joining us, our guest is John Montepart, and we're going to now shift gears into Saturday night, uh, where John had a pretty good night. Let's talk about what you did on Saturday night.
14: Well, my son Anthony actually said, "You know, Dad, they're they're having this dad's race, and they're I want you to drive the car," and I I said, "Nah, I don't want to." hurt your car, Anthony, and then it ended up some of the other drivers kept coming over, Barry Ferris and Jim Hickson and, and all of said and just a bunch of different people were like, aren't you going to race with us? And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. I said, everybody pretty much everybody's race races or race, so I'm going to do this thing, and I, I um, I'll take it easy. <laughs> wrong and um yeah well uh, he's not actually he I he's kind of mad at me right now but um uh, in a funny way
3: what'd you but, do no,
14: you, well I, uh, he claims i put more tire marks on the car in five laps than he has <laughs> in the last 2 years and i you know <laughs> <laughs> Asking me when I'm going to get it relettered. He said he needs a new raft now from just his dad going out. <laughs> and I, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, yeah. it might have been some slight tire rubbing, but yeah, yeah. But that's how I remembered racing. Right. <laughs> I thought that was, like, you know, I didn't know I was supposed to ride around and you know try to stay away, twenty feet away from everybody. But
3: if you're not rubbing, no, you're not racing.
6: racing. Yeah, exactly.
14: I guess I guess that's not. I guess I'm old. That's not part of the part of the deal anymore. Robin's Robin isn't racing now. I guess.
3: When was the last time you drove?
14: Well, according to Anthony, who keeps track of everything, he says the last time that I won a feature was 17 years ago.
3: So you didn't lose yeah. your touch.
14: At late Trobe, yeah. And, um, and then since then, I've I know. Um, Mike Valisak brought up on Facebook. I I drove his car one night in the, the right after I turned 40 or I was in my early 40s in the senior series. It was an orange V2. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um,
14: I drove it once, and other than that, it's been years since I actually. You don't know, think it. To me, it feels like it was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. When Anthony said, you know, Dad, I'm so proud of you. It, it was 17 years you raced the Latrobe trove, and you went out. And he said, "Once you blew the cobwebs off, you you looked great." And I said, "It's not seventeen years." And he's he's showing me and I'm, the papers, the clippings, and that. And I'm like, "Wow! That's... I feel like I felt I felt even older than I am, Don."
3: Hey, it's like riding a bike, and apparently you didn't forget it. You mentioned a name, so I'm going to ask you about you. Did you say Jim Hickson? Yeah. How old is he's he?
14: Well, I don't want to make him feel bad. I mean, I'm fifty. He's at least my age. I'm fifty-four.
3: Because uh, um,
14: he well, used to race back well, in the.
3: Well, that's what I'm coming to. I raced against him when Late Trobe was called Schmuckers. He drove number one. F- he drove number one forty-one. It was a fifty-five or fifty-six Ford. Good driver.
14: Really? Oh, he's he's said about. You know that he has raced. Yeah. You know, he used to race and schmuckers yeah well then he's a little bit older than me because I, I wasn't old enough to race and schmuckers
3: no he's got to be in his 70s you
14: yeah. think
3: I, well I'm 80 you
14: don't, don't look like it. yeah well you're look, not 80
3: oh well, yeah August I'm going to be 80 wow yeah
14: I would never guess that yeah well actually you talk about you know family affairs Jim's son James races and has raced for years he's He's the yellow 69 car in the stocks, yeah, and then his other boy, Dakota races, and he's 96. but I'm sure you've John Hollis, who has raced back when I he raced with me a challenger and all over Thunder Bay, you know, everywhere, and he just hasn't quit yet. Yeah, but that is actually Jim's son-in-law.: Cool. So, so they're all together there.
3: It's, it's like a family.
14: There's a family yeah. affair for everybody.
3: Well, uh, and I'm going to have to have uh, Anthony and Brett on in a couple of weeks on one of these shows. Uh, we're coming up on a break. Any closing thoughts other than the fact that you were in Victory Lane? Anything you'd like to add?
14: No, just thank you for letting me talk about it and making me feel important again. <laughs> and um, and it was a blast. I, you know, And I'd I'd be lying if I didn't admit I'm still smiling and walking around. I, I feel like, you know, I, I, um, I did something big. Even though it was just a little race for dads, I, uh, I, guess, I guess I'm patting myself on the back. I'm proud to say also thank you very much to my loving, beautiful wife, Christina, because she puts a ton of time in with Anthony's racing and letting me do whatever I want with the race car and also never missing a race and being there.
3: You're a lucky man, and I thank you for being with us. And the next time you race, good luck.
14: Thank you very much, Don.
17: This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Jennerstown
25: Speedway. Number one Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price. And it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway. Right away.
7: Number one, Cochrane. See
25: it all at
7: Cochrane.com. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance 443-5720 or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities.
3: Listeners joining us now is Steve Singo, driver of car number seven. Steve, good evening. How are you? Good, Don. How are
26: you doing this evening?
3: Good. I want to talk about Saturday's race. Last couple laps, you're leading, and uh, Nate Valenti's right. He's like right there, uh, waiting for a chance to get past you. You pick up the win, and then there's a little bit of confusion in victory lane. Why don't you pick the? St- <laughs> Why don't you pick the story up from there?
26: Yeah, it was when. I, well, I had COVID in December and through Christmas and New Year's, and my lung capacity is about half. Well, back right after I got out of the hospital, I had an episode out in the garage. I was moving stuff around. There was a storm coming, but long story short, I almost didn't make it back into the house because I couldn't breathe, and I was figuring she was going to find me like a fish flopping for air. So I was getting that same feeling in the race car, and I realized I was holding my breath because he was, you know, it was a tight race and I was holding my breath and I couldn't breathe. And so then, with about two laps to go, I start hyperventilating because I'm panicking. And when I crossed the start finish line, the first thing I did is I got in the radio and I hollered at my guys, I said, I need oxygen, get an ambulance down there. I just need a shot of oxygen. So as I'm coming up to park it there at the start finish line, here comes the entire fire department. I think it was two ambulances, fire trucks, lights blaring, and poor Ann just coming down out of the stands, and she's looking at me like, "What's going on?" And I get out of the car, and they rip my jacket off, and I looked at Anne, just said, "You got to do the interview," and she gave me this deer in the headlights look, and you know they put me in—they put me in the ambulance. Um, and put me on oxygen. So she got to do the interview, actually.
3: And she did a nice job.
26: Yes, she did. She did a very good job for being thrown into it last second like that and because she didn't know what was going on. And then the other bad thing was I'm in the ambulance, they're taking me over my pit, and life flight is landing. And I had a couple people thinking that it was coming for me, and I guess the announcer had said that Life flight is not for Steve. It's just, it's just landing like it does about every week.
3: Those uh, people with life flight are amazing, and the fact that they like coming to the races, but if they have to leave, it's for an emergency. But you must have been thinking, what the heck's going on here?
26: Yeah, because I heard them coming, and you know, it was. I was still like, I'm not saying woozy, but kind of. A little disoriented from lack of oxygen there for a little bit, and I heard it, and and then I'm thinking, no, that ain't for me. But no, it wasn't, thank God. But no, it was, it was pretty, pretty interesting that race.
3: Well, I know race drivers in general are tough customers, but I think you're at the top of the list here for being a tough customer to finish the race and win it when you can't breathe. That's uh, that's pretty impressive.
26: Yeah, it was. It, it. I was scary. It really was. I was. It was scary there, for a little bit until I got the car parked and got out. But, and uh, I, I wasn't giving up that one. We're we're running for a championship, so anything I could do to win that race, I wasn't giving up.
3: Well, if I remember correctly, don't you uh, and Nate park next to each other, and you guys are friends? Yes. Yeah. yeah we
26: park. Um, yep. We park. He's one, two down from me. There's one in between us. But, yeah, that whole class, we're all friends. We all get along. There's no fighting amongst us. If There's, uh, honest God, don not only my car, I can think of two other Charger cars that would have been in my garage. And there's probably five or six of them that have parts on their cars that come out of my garage. Yeah. And same way with my car. I got some stuff from different guys. But, now, if somebody needs something... You know, we're, we we'll give it to them. No problem.
3: How long have you been racing? How many years?
26: Um, I started in '98, and but I missed the time, you know, when Jennerstown was shut down there from 08 to '14. But um, every year they've been open, I've been racing since '98.
3: Jennerstown has turned into a show place, and the cars, the racing, the program, it's outstanding. What Billy Rebar and the owners have put together is just, it's amazing.
26: Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. It, it's, I, I can't say enough. I'm just blessed to be able to race there. it's it's unbelievable that place
3: prior to your driving were you involved in any other capacity pit crew uh, whatever
26: no just just a fan I mean I grew up I grew up about a mile as the crow flies behind the grandstands and we'd sit out there when I was little and you could hear the cars and it just I'd go to, and then when I got old enough, it would be Motor Drone Friday night, Jennerstown Saturday night. And those guys, those were my heroes right there. Not NASCAR guys, you know, those local guys. Those were the ones that I looked up to.
3: Excluding Saturday night, what would have been your most memorable moment in racing?
26: Um. Wow. Probably the, these past couple of years, the crew that we have and the success that we've had. When I was in street stocks, it was, I never had any money. And it was, you know, tough, out of my out of my pocket. And I was always, you know, if I got a top five, I was ecstatic. Now, once we got hooked up with uh, Dave Forrester, their Farmers Union co-op, and got this car, and we got some... Good stuff in it, and you know I I think it's just it's just been a whirlwind the past couple of years. You know I never expected to have this type of success there, never. You know, and yeah, you know, yeah. I've raced against Sean Beam and Adam Kostelnik. You know, some of the top names in street stock, and I never had nothing for them guys. You know, but this 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 car is it's we're doing really good, and I'm really happy about that.
3: Listeners, if you just are joining us now, we're talking to Steve Singo, the number seven charger driver. Um, I always like to ask the guys, and I get a lot of interesting stories. How did you pick your number?
26: (laughs) Well, it was a money thing. When I first bought my first car, it had a 99 on it. And when we first painted it, we we masked off all the 99s because I didn't have money to buy stickers. So we painted it, and then when we totally redid the car and put a new body on it. I had to get stickers. So I figured one number was cheaper than two instead of the 99. So there wasn't a seven. So we just picked the seven. And then uh, we made the car black and yellow. And that was back when Ben Roethlisberger was first with the Steelers. And I didn't realize it, but we picked a font that matched his, his jersey. And everybody called it the Big Ben car. They thought I did it for Ben Roethlisberger, and I didn't. It was just a coincidence. But it, it worked out pretty good. The kids got a kick out of it.
3: That's pretty cute. And like I said, I always get a good story. There's a fellow who was on one time. His number was 965. And I said, how did you get that number? He said, it's on my mailbox. That's my address. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and like the Blaney's, number 10, that was Lou and Dave's basketball number. So, always a a good backstory. Now, you mentioned your crew. Uh, Let's talk about them a little bit. Who helps you out? Uh,
26: Well, Joe and Kristen Dively, Brian Dively, and Jonathan Dively are the main crew, and them guys have been with me since 2020, when we started doing real good, and without them, I mean, I, I come in and say, hey, this is what it's doing, and we talk about it, and like this past week, um, the heat race wasn't real good, but we come in and made some changes for the feature and the car. It brought the car to life. But without these guys, I couldn't do it. I mean, there's you can't do it on your own. You know that, Dawn. Great,
3: right. you exactly. raced
26: and yeah. uh, you can't. And it's the people behind the scenes that don't get the recognition. The driver gets all the glory. And I wish that Jennerstown would do something – just to recognize all those people in the pits behind the scenes, like just bring them up to the front stretch so the people in the stands can see that it's friends and family, the ones that sacrifice their Saturdays to make it all happen. And like I said, the driver gets all the glory and it's not just the driver. I just drive the thing. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to drive as good as I can.
3: Well, the blood, sweat, and tears and sacrifices that the crew guys make, it's a big deal, like you said, and you could not do it without them. Um, how about uh, sponsors? We uh, want to shine a little light on the sponsors.
26: Okay, yeah. Um, Farmers Union Co-op, Dave Forrester. Um, can't say enough about him. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. And Hazlet Trucking. Uh, I've known Ed and Kathy for a few years now. And then Morocco Welding, North Star Equipment, uh, American Paving Fabrics, Rocket Rick Coots, Jennerstown Engine Technologies, uh, the Eagle Riders of Somerset, Fast Lane Graphics, Paint by Butch Dill, and Laurel Mountain Gardens are our sponsors. Couldn't do it without without them
3: sounds like a very nice group of individuals well we're coming up on oh a, yeah we're coming up on a commercial break any closing thoughts anyone you'd like to thank
26: yeah I need to thank the crew and they know that and Angie my wife oh. Um,
3: she was she's
26: a, put up with so much you know and she sacrifices so that I can do this. So yeah, she's she's one of the strongest women I know after all everything she's been through, and she still shows up with a smile on her face.
3: Try try to imagine her thought process when this all came together on Saturday night.
26: Oh, I saw it in her face. I she because she was looking down coming down those steps, and when she looked up in the. Fire trucks and ambulances was there, and I saw it in her face, and I kind of, like, mo- ran my mouth, you know, like, silent, like, I'm okay, to her, you know, which I could see it. She was worried. And then after her, her interview, and she came over the, to the ambulance, you know, we were we were kind of joking about it, but I, I could tell she was, she was worked up.
3: Well, I've said this so many times, people are tired of hearing it, but whether it's the wife... The mother, the sister, the girlfriend, whoever the woman is that's kind of involved in the team, that's the glue that holds it all together. Sounds like you got a great wife, and it's a big part of your team, and I want to thank you for being with us tonight.
26: Well, I want to thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I, I enjoy doing these. These are really neat.
3: Well, good, and I want to wish you continued success, and maybe you can uh, go two for two here uh, next week.
26: Yep, that's what we're shooting for.
3: All right, Steve, thank you. You have a nice evening.
26: You too, Don. Thank you.
3: This portion of tonight's
17: program is brought to you by RPS Financial Solutions.
18: Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway returns for its 43rd racing season in 2022 with a jam-packed weekly racing schedule. It all kicks off on Saturday, April 23rd, featuring our five weekly racing divisions, the Rush Late Models, the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, the Hobby Stocks, the Open Four Cylinders, and the Young Guns. Throughout the season, PPMS will host several can't-miss special events, including the 34th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series Pittsburgher 100, as well as three Rush Late Model Touring Series events, the Herb Scott Memorial, the Joke Jordan, steel city classic and the two night bill Hundred memorial other special events include the falcone automotive 410 outlaw sprint series the boss wingless sprint car series the penn ohio pro stock series ed laboo memorial the red miley rumble the thunder on the dirt vintage modifieds the hobby stock invitational and more for our full schedule and all track information check out ppms.com and be sure to stay up to date by following us on facebook by searching pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway and on twitter at pa motor speedway Number
25: One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelley Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry. We'll take it back. No questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away.
11: Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rappin' On Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappinOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email RappinOnRacin at gmail.com.
25: Race fans, this is Scott Bloomquist, and you're listening to Rappin on Racing. Now we'll get back to the show.
3: We have a new segment on the show Monday called Victory Lane. There's so many tracks sending results that we can't squeeze him into the regular part of the show, so we're going to add them at the end of the second or third hour.
0: Mariotti. He wins the Martellas Pharmacies late models race in dominant fashion. Led by almost five seconds before the restart, and then he comes back. And then after the restart, wins by another two seconds. Ryan Ship claims second, Jared Barclay third, Gary Wiltrow finishes fourth, and Mike Heminger finishes in fifth. We'll talk with Barry Adi at Stony's Beer Victory Lane coming up next, and then we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, our Martellus Pharmacy's late models, Victor Barry Audi. It's his third win of the season. Barry, let's talk in front of your car in Stony's Beer Victory Lane. First of all, congratulations. A dominant victory here tonight. You win best. Well, best dress really car, best looking car, and then you come out with a dominant performance. What's going through your head?
15: <sighs> it's hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and anyone you want to thank in particular?
15: Uh, the or, yeah, Storestown Auto Wreckers, the Wheeler family, Daniel Schaefer's, Struck Auto Body, uh, Rustic Woods, Pizza Hut, Hampton Inn, Martellas, uh, Pro Disposal, uh, Daniel Schafer's, uh, door store equipment, uh, Morocco's, uh, tailgates, track side. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. We're good, I think.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, Barry Audi. your Martellus Pharmacy's late models victor for the third time this season. Another dominant victory concludes matters here tonight. Thanks for watching on Flow Racing TV. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for John Fama. His third win of the 2022 calendar year, getting some more congratulations from friends and family. John, congratulations. We'll talk here at Stoney's Beer Victory Lane. John, a big bounce back win for you guys.
24: Yeah, I tell you what, it's pretty emotional for me right now to come back. A lot of hard work went in this week to this car. A lot of good people helped me. And uh, I, think, I think they're gonna really be happy. I'm happy. Like I said, my, I'm, I'm pretty emotional right now because it, it took a lot to get here today. Absolutely. What what exactly is going through your mind right now? I knew Dougie was back here and I was like, I knew he was close. Spotter said one back, one back, and I knew he was gonna give me a run at the end for it. But uh, we hung on and I tell you, it just, it just feels awesome to be here. Tell us more about the car that got you to victory here tonight. Well, we come out into practice. The car seemed fine. We went out in the heat race and it was horrible. So I made some adjustments on the car. I hope we didn't go too far i think we hit it almost right on the right on the head so i think we did did pretty good on the setup that got us here so absolutely and anyone you want to thank in particular man i got there's so many i gotta thank for for helping me get back here there's so many uh i tell you i gotta thank all my sponsors all my pit crew all my help that i had putting this thing together they helped me week in and week out put this thing here and and uh I just, I can't name them all, but they know who they are. And I love you guys. And uh, I I really appreciate everything you do for me.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, John Fama. He wins our Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modifieds race here tonight. Get some pictures and some. All right, the helmet's off. Jonathan Habersack, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan, where are at Stony's Beer Victory Lane. Come step in front of your car real quick. Getting some hugs and some congratulatory remarks from his friends and family. It's his first career win here at Jennerstown. He leads the division in points. And finally, he's a winner at Jennerstown. Jonathan, I know this means a lot to you. What's going through your mind? I, I don't. I don't
15: really know. It's kind of hard to say.
0: Understandable, but uh, going towards whenever you got to the final few laps, uh, whenever you had that big lead, what, wh- anything that was going through your mind, particularly,
15: uh, keep my eyes off the scoreboard. I looked at it once, and I was done. Well, we talked about it earlier. You you didn't know that you were leading the re- the
0: division in points until today, and now with that with that victory. You only clamp on more to your lead at that first place spot. What do you gotta do going forward?
15: Uh, I'm just gonna keep staying consistent. You really don't have to win all the time. Just just gotta stay consistent. I mean, don't get me wrong, this is very good experience, but as long as I just stay top five all year, I'll be happy. And anyone you wanna thank? Uh, I'd like to say uh, Shane Schaefer, Heating and Air, and uh, O'Shea's Candies. Tony Subs, Habits of Beer and Tobacco, TRC Performance, uh, GJCTC, Roman's Pizzeria, uh, Glades Pike Winery. And I'd like to thank the man above. Without him, I've said it multiple times during this race, it wouldn't have been possible without him. Wouldn't be possible with that guy either. My pastor.
0: Absolutely. Jonathan Habersack, ladies and gentlemen.
15: I'd like to thank all my. Thank you. I'd like to thank my family members as well. Mainly my mom, my dad. Without them, this really wouldn't happen. And my girlfriend for supporting me the whole way through. Thank you. All
0: right, let's hear one more time for our first time winner, Jonathan Habersack. Ladies and gentlemen, our one-stop auto sales Pro Stocks winner for the first time this season, Adam Kostelnik. Adam, congratulations,
6: first win of the season, and I noticed you're sporting a new haircut. Yeah, we had problems with the we're in. Two weeks in a row, broke the we're in, man, and tonight it was puking oil out. We changed the breather right before the feature, it held up, I'm just so glad that we made it here. Absolutely, and what else is going through your mind right now? uh just a good night for uh, kimberly race and angie won delph in a second i said in the garage this week i said two out of the three cars are gonna win but uh man this car is just great everybody thought we were crazy for selling the blue car but this car is even better we found the bet right we rear shock, and then when i got in it, man it, it's always just blistering fast tell us more about the car uh it's a Babyface fabrication matter of fact tonight uh is the first time baby face he kept telling me all winter we gotta get him wins he gets two wins tonight he custom-built this car for Dell. It's got a Port City front clip and a Fiori rear clip. And this car is just awesome fast. I mean, it turns through center, and they keep it together. It'll be here a lot more. Absolutely. And anyone in particular you want to thank? Yeah, I got to thank uh, the Kimberly family. Dell owns the car. Got to thank Dave Martinelli, Martinelli Auto Service, Kimberly Construction. Got to thank my crew chief, Bill Haberjack. He has the hardest job in racing, keeping me straight and not uh, getting me in trouble. Uh, just the whole crew, Yahtzee. You know what I mean? Kenny, Jerome, AJ's here. uh Yeah, I mean, Steve's there. Everybody just helps out, man. Just good, good family race team. Well, congratulations,
0: Adam Kostelnik. Let's hear it for him, ladies and gentlemen. Race
16: fans, thanks for joining us tonight. Don't forget, Dirt Racing Outreach, one o'clock tomorrow. And we've got all kinds of festivities going on, on the grounds, autograph session at four. How about that finish tonight, Mike Marler, but how about Tim McCready, started ninth, comes home in second here at Lernerville. And Mike Marler, that Ronnie Delk. He already has one fifty thousand dollar victory this year. Mississippi Thunder in Wisconsin. He won fifty k last September at Knoxville, Iowa. He would love nothing more to add to that Ronnie Delk bank account, wouldn't he? Fifty k or tomorrow night. He's perfect so far here this weekend. There's your winner out of Winfield, Tennessee. How about in the second out in a row for the Winfield Warrior, Mike Marler.
21: Back to back preliminary wins in the Firecracker 100, Mike,
24: congratulations. Those last five laps, McCready had caught you a little bit. Did you have to make any adjustments
11: that was out of the normal those last couple laps to keep McCready behind you?
8: Yeah, you know, it was it was just so slick. I was kind of driving different most laps actually, and uh, probably changed up what I was doing six, seven times in 30 laps there. So, uh, yeah, I seen him flash under me down there in one and two, and uh, and I was kind of after maybe four or five laps, my tires would get a little hotter and they give up some grip. So, uh, whatever he was doing, preserving his tires better, I, f- I feel like.
24: Early in that race, when it came to getting the lead from Ricky Thornton Jr., you didn't go at him from the get-go. You played patience. How important was it to be patient and get in a good rhythm and then make that pass once you had that rhythm?
8: Well, you know, he, he had the bottom and he wasn't going to move, and I was just kind of waiting on that brown ring in the bottom to wear out, and it was getting thinner and thinner and thinner. So then on that restart, I found some crumbs out here kind of in the middle leaving four, so I packed those down good and got on the outside, and it worked for me. I barely got by him. Are
24: you satisfied with where you're at going into, into tomorrow night? Two wins, $50,000 on the line.
8: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely been a good weekend so far, and, and uh, you know, a uh, trip's paid for, and, and uh, tomorrow's all, all the big cherry on top, you know, so uh, uh, it'll be tough. You know, we, we definitely got a good 30-lap 30, 30 car. Uh, it's uh, it's slides around on me after, you know, after the tires get warm. So tomorrow we're going to get a harder tire, so
11: maybe that'll help the situation too. Coming into the weekend, Mike Marler had never won at Lernerville. Now he's won twice and has a chance for 50000 tomorrow night in the Firecracker 100.
16: Not only that, but combined these last two nights, he could look at a $62,000 weekend here at Lernerville, but there's a lot of action that has to take place before that tomorrow night. Six heats and three Bs and a 100-lap main event.
11: Mark, congratulations on a great win here, the $20,000. What does it mean to you?
10: It means a lot. I've got one twenty-five dollars victory, and this is, makes the second biggest one I've ever had. So uh, man, I've had an awesome race car. Uh, this is awesome. It is awesome. Tell us about the
11: race. You got, it seemed the car slowed down a little bit on that really long run. Joe Martin was
25: catching you. Was there any issue with the car?
10: No, when I got by them lap, lap traffic, I, they was throwing them crumbs in front of me and I really couldn't leave the corner. I had to kind of I had to arch my corner, and I couldn't do it with behind that behind them cars like that. I just I lost the rear end of the car, so I was just having to race their race uh, until they caught me, and then I was going to do something, whatever I needed to do. Really,
11: what does it mean to win a race like the Bill E. Memorial?
10: It means a lot. It's uh, the memorial races, and and all that that these these guys have. They are they're awesome. They're uh, they mean a lot. They you know all these fans, everything they put, everything that takes to putting this race together, and. Um, Sponsors and and getting people here and they run a, a good she runs a really good respectable series. This is uh this is they they're taking shocks they're taking motor they're taking tires they're taking everything. So this is an awesome series. The race you know you can come here legally and uh, and win and that's where we are. And I'd like to thank Brian Dockery and uh, Integra Shocks and uh, Dirk and all this crew right here that's standing here. These guys work hard on this car. I live 13 hours away. I just sit in a seat and drive this thing. So it means a lot to come up here and be able to to win the race just off the car that they prepared. I have nothing to do with it. I don't even know what shocks and springs is on it. Don't really care, it's fast.
11: Congratulations, Mark, on a great win and a great run. Thank you. We're after the race and
4: we're with tonight's Firecracker 100 winner, Tim McCready. who won it in 2019. When you come to Lernerville, the distance from New York here is not all that far. This track, to you, because your dad raced here and a lot of memories, is very special to you to win a $50,000 crown jewel icing on the cake for the weekend.
9: Yeah, I mean, um, it's hard enough to get any win with the Lucas Tour or any other the major uh, tours uh, and also to be able to do it here close to home. This many people, this is probably the one of the biggest crowds we've raced with all year and to see how excited they get and, and, and uh, how wild they are. Uh, It makes it uh, worthwhile for me um, and our team. I mean, we've been working real hard. This stuff's not easy. And uh, we haven't had the most consistently year where everything's been easy. We've had to work for for every single thing we got. So um, this one's uh, definitely uh, gratifying. You you
4: led all 100 laps, but when you got into lap traffic, and we'll say after maybe the third caution, how important, and I talked to Mike last night, the dirty air here is just on these cars, they're so aero-dependent nowadays where you get in there and you get behind somebody, you just, you got to push on the car that's just like, it, it's completely new. Uh, I mean, I... I don't know if they're so aero dependent, but like
9: what we've learned in any type of racing over the years is if you take downforce away from the rear back end of the car, the deck, um, it doesn't usually make the cars easy to drive. And so when they get harder to drive, you don't arc out and go around people because the problem is it's so loose in that you don't dare, it's a longer way around the track. So you end up kind of going in through the middle and floating across. I think if they thought maybe a way of doing it different the cars would be like last year I didn't feel as as hard to drive in lap traffic as it does right now for me. Right now it's very hard to drive in lap traffic because we don't have enough rear deck height to be able to stick hard to pass guys and dive in deep. You have to be finesse and go in slow and hopefully the guy sees you and if he doesn't he's going to just run the lane he's been running you know so uh, um, that's why it's harder but you know uh, we'll take it as long as we can get it. You know as the leader you always
4: have the disadvantage because you're you're looking ahead and the guy in second place in this case it was Brandon, but with about thirty to go he was kind of on the on your bumper. But you were able to negotiate uh, through lap traffic, and I, th- I think if there was a key moment that you put a distance it was quite a bit there. And then he was dealing with you know the eighty nine going through lap traffic, and then with five to go you had to you had to know he was up on the bumper. Yeah, I um, yeah we got guys to give you signals,
9: so I knew he was getting closer. I just. Uh, I just got to where I struck Like, in lap traffic, I, I was always watched when my dad raced or when I was starting. You, you got to just go. You can't wait around and hope the guy sees you. So I always try to attack, and, and I kind of just, the last five laps, just got stuck in a plateau where those guys were side-by-side, side and I couldn't get beside either of them to show me to show them my car. And, and the way um, Ferguson was diamonding one and two, it was really, really affecting me bad. And... Um, It just, you know, it stalled me out, but uh, at the end we, we got lucky to hang on.
4: Your wildest dreams you've won one now you've won two to say you've won it twice has to be all the more special yeah just put your name in there with you know with
9: guys like Hoffer mars uh, uh josh richards who's one i don't i think he's one of more than once guys that have done it um this is a special race man uh and it's hard to win and, and
4: we're we're fortunate to get a couple and we'll, we'll savor it i know every time i talk to you when you're here again the drive back is not relatively close but it's one of your closer, drives back home. Your son's always there. It's a special. How big is it tonight for him to say, okay, hey, I brought it home, Firecracker 100?
9: Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. Uh, it, his birthday's uh, the 5th of July, but we celebrate it either after this race or or the week after. So we're having a birthday party tomorrow. So it'll be, it'll be pretty
4: special uh, for, for the family and everybody that's happened. Well, Tim, congratulations on your second Firecracker 100 win, and best of luck the rest of the season. Th- thank you. Hi, this is Tim McCready, the Firecracker 100 winner, and you're listening to Rapid
3: On Racing. Have some results here from Hummingbird Speedway. In the Super Late models, Paul Cott picked up the win. Eddie Connor scored in the Semi Lates. Pro Stocks went to Brandon Connor. In the Econo Mods, Steve Simon, first career win at Hummingbird in his first appearance. Four cylinder winner was Sean Hayden, and the Pure Stocks went to Tim Stice. Tri-City Raceway, with a forecast that included mid-afternoon thunderstorms continuing well into the night, Tri-City Raceway Park canceled the racing program set for Sunday. We did not want to expose our fans, racers, and staff to any dangerous weather conditions. We want everybody to be safe and ready for the big event coming on the 4th of July holiday weekend.
11: Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving, and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stock, street stocks, chargers, and the Fast and Furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whelen Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex.
4: We're at Laerville Speedway uh, night number three, but it's actually today, and we're at the, in the pits of the rocket number one, and joining us is Brandon Shepard. Brandon is we're leaning up against the car. Uh, we see the orange spoiler in there and what that means is for our listeners is that means you're the current point leader with the Lucas oil series this year you Mark and Steve made the decision after years of running the outlaw tour just to try something different normally you've you seems like you always leave Florida and you have the points lead then you have to go out but just early on in season, how different is it between i mean you've raced with these guys in florida and all across EV uh you know back home how difference is it do you see with the quality of cars that you have each and every night
12: um it's definitely there's definitely uh, a lot of tough competition on this side um, you know a lot of guys with really good consistency and and that are you know tough competition and there's tough cars on both sides, but um, this side is just uh, you know just a whole different variety of racetracks and um, you know different style of racers and and uh, you know it's something that I felt like we've needed to do uh, just from the team standpoint to make ourselves better and uh, you know, definitely we've had a decent year so far. And, I think we're building a lot off of what we have and what we've been doing and and uh, you know we haven't had the runs lately to to show for for ourselves but I think that we're on the right track here you, the going,
6: man. You.
4: you know what you know with that we we've been here now this is night number 3 yeah. and you've turned a lot of laps here in terms of racetracks what we had thursday night was something that even the regulars here weren't really prepared for and last night i mean it there you could race top to bottom but if you could get your car to go through the middle that would probably be the preferred line the bottom there was a little strip but that went you know now tonight we have heat races uh later later this evening but you guys are pretty much locked in from your runs the, the first two nights and 30 lap, we'll say a sprint, compared to a 100 lap feature, it's a whole different ball game, tire wise. And you don't even, as it's, it's hot as it is and with the sun out all day, I, I guess the experts are going to have to
12: figure out this track tonight. Yeah, for sure. It's key is to have a good balanced race car for 100 laps. You know, you can't be uh, too tight too early because you don't want to burn your tires off. And then you can't be too free too early either because then you'll you'll lose a bunch of spots and, and and be too far behind when it counts. So uh, it's it's all about getting a good balance under your car and and uh, something that's drivable and maneuverable and able to uh, maintain and, and maybe gain a few spots early in the race so you're can be there at the end.
4: I think, you know, from a driver's standpoint with 100 laps, you almost have to pace yourself. But like what you said, Brandon, you can't pace yourself too far because, I mean, even the last couple of nights, some of the guys, you know, Overton and uh, Fergie, didn't make the feature. I mean, this is a styled field, and I guess, I mean, last night you were running, you know, 24, there'll be some provisionals tonight, but, you know, where you you finish the last couple of nights is going to be crucial to, you know, those early starting spots because, like you said, you might have to make your move early while the track's a little bit fresh.
12: Yeah, it's definitely, there's a lot of tough competition, and a big key to tonight's going to be getting a good run in our heat race. Um, The closer we can start to the front, the better off we're going to be. you know, it's uh, this place is tough. It gets super slick and super slippery, and the line changes around a lot. So, uh, like I said, it's just going to be getting a good balance and uh, maintaining for a long time, and and uh, making the making the right moves whenever whenever it counts. So.
4: I know you've won a lot of races, and this isn't one of them. I think this would be kind of like. A pinnacle to what Brandon Shepard accomplished so far in your young career.
12: Yeah, this would be this is one that's uh, really huge on the list of ones that I want to win for sure. It's um, it's pretty close to the rocket shop, and it's uh, we've had some success here in prelims, but just haven't been able to put it together on the big night. So we're hoping to be able to do that tonight.
4: Well, Brandon, we'd like to thank the time for the interview, and we wish you best of luck this evening.
12: Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: presented Rapping on Racing, the Tri State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing.
16: Stand on in. Come on, y'all. Stand on in.